And now, introducing the man who's been following along closely with the inner workings of the Nationals and Orioles as they prepare to face off this weekend, as while the Washington faithful have been moaning, he says, quote, look, you signed the contract, we're officially entitled to 66% of every game you win, unquote. Following closely along to the instruction manual delivered with the item, he was frustrated to discover that not only had he clearly constructed the kid's new swing set incorrectly, the phallic nature of the finished product was especially concerning as he insisted, quote, I don't even know where the round parts came from, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. All right. Could you, uh, I think I am, yes, I am right. in the process of I appreciate of that, that very yes. much. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark, he's Kyle Ottenheimer, and we are joined this morning here in studio by a friend of ours, a uh, longtime part of the GCR family, and it's still kind of weird for me to say, delegate here in the state of Maryland. He's our friend Mike Griffith, and he's with us here in studio this morning. It's good to see a delegate. It's good to be back. So weird. It's still so weird for me. It's, it's still, still it's, weird. It's still weird to hear, though. It's This is your second, you're two sessions in now. Two sessions There's no in. more, like, you're you're definitely, a, the you know, there's, there's no more getting used to it or anything like that like you're you're a guy it's just still uncomfortable for me to say hello delegate well, <laughs> like, it's, well it's, it's, it's uncomfortable to hear you know what I mean because it's you know it's a role it's a job you're representing folks sure but, but there's a title that goes along with it and when people start referring to you by your title you know right. versus like i'm co- constantly telling people hey it's mike no problem delegate i'm like Ugh. yeah well, i mean you know, you've, you've earned the title that's the way that it works uh, Delegate, if I could, we're going to try to get you a little bit more on top of that microphone just because uh, this is a microphone that picks up more of the room. I could try to switch it out for another microphone, but we don't do that thing yeah. around here. We just make it work with what we got. Well, I'm super, um, I'm super happy to be this close to another <laughs> to another right. mic. It, you well, know. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. That's that Mike and Mike show that they did for years. That was it. Was That was what it was all about. Yep. Uh, the delegate is here uh, later on this hour. You know, look, as you all know, we do not, this is not a political show. We don't do politics. I've made that very clear over and over and over and over again over the years. There are areas where politics and sports perhaps meet. And in this session, there are a few of those areas where politics and sports met. We're going to talk about some of those things. We're going to talk about the delegate's experience. He's also, you know, a sports fan. So we'll just talk about some of those things too as the morning goes on. Later on this hour, uh, one of your colleagues, Delegate Jason Buckle, who's the House Minority Leader, is going to check in with us. Now, he was very involved with the creation of the sports gambling law that was signed by the governor this week, correct? And, and he's been, this has been something that he's been working on for years to get to this point. That's right. He's been on the front lines of the issue, in the back room on the issue. Um, very instrumental in crafting the legislation because that's a piece of legislation that is not partisan. You know, it's there's a lot of things, you know, there, there are certainly partisan things happen in Annapolis, and certainly this year we had some very partisan things. But the majority of the legislation is, is not partisan. Mm-hmm. It's about getting business done uh, for the people of Maryland. And the, the sports betting legislation was a big piece of that. Uh, and uh, uh, Leader Buck- Buckle was... Uh, a big piece of that in the back room and in the subcommittee and the committee. And so uh, he's going to be able to speak uh, in some great detail about Be- that process. And, and and the process is important. I think of a lot of people, it's just the t- t- tell me what I need to know. Tell me right. how this impacts me, right? Like, and it not, I, the, the, the appears as though the good news is it's a pretty open, like it's going to allow a lot of opportunities for the consumer 
it's going to allow a lot of opportunities for the the businesses to be involved in sports gambling in the state of Maryland. It appears to be a a pretty all encompassing. I, I don't know right now that we have, I think, what is the number, 27, something along those lines. I don't know that there are 27 operators right now that are ready to do sports gambling in the state of Maryland. So um, we'll talk more about that with, with sure. Delegate Buckle, but um, I, I, we won't get some of the details of how it affects you, the guy who's just like, I just kind of want to be able to bet on a football game. Like, how am I going to be able to do that? We will get some of those answers. Well, and I can talk a little bit about that. So, I mean, certainly there's revenue being lost to other states who are in yep. front of us yep. in line on these things. And... Yeah, and that's an issue we talk about with taxes in Maryland. Why would somebody want to open a business right now in Maryland when they can go to Delaware and avoid these taxes? Uh, whether it's uh, you know the, the services tax, the the digital ad tax that was passed this year, you can go on on on. Um, so this is revenue being lost. Yep. Tax revenue being lost to other states, and I'm if some, I am much more in favor of taxing something that somebody wants than somebody needs. Right, like payroll taxes. I'm not a huge fan of that because I, you know, I would like to be able to take my tax dollars and invest it into my family the way I would see fit. Mm-hmm. But if I want to go out and enjoy something, right, you know, alcohol tax, sports betting tax, you know, that's that's something that I, that's entertainment dollars. And while I don't support the amount we tax these things, I would rather if you're going to tax something, right? Yes, but I would like to see instead of these taxes being found. For them to find new ways to spend this, I would rather those tax dollars be to offset my income tax, my personal taxes, so I have more wiggle room. Unfortunately, what typically happens with these taxes is instead of like, okay, we're going to lower taxes right, here because just, of this. Right. It's just an additional. We're just going to yeah. find more places yeah, to spend. Yeah, I, I, get, I get that. I get that. I do get yeah, that, yeah, honestly. That's, that's the concern. But, you know, I you know I supported the, the legislation and I voted for it. Uh, I think it's the right thing to do at this, at this time. Um and you know, I'm not a big gambler. You know, when I go to go to Vegas for a weekend, I'll will spend uh, ten to twenty dollars on all the games, mm-hmm. and I usually break even, mm-hmm. and 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 that's a wash. You know what I mean? But it, it's kind of fun to to read on that. And I, you know, I do you know FanDuel and, and DraftKings and these things, and uh, not very well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to pay more attention to what Jeremy, Jeremy Khan, Khan says yeah. at PressBoxOnline.com. Listen on Mondays, and you yeah, can't make I've, lens I've done I've done all right recently because all I do is just say, "Hey, Jeremy, tell me two games to bet on tonight." He tells me which ones to bet and how much to bet, and I do much better now that I just right. I, I take all of it out of my hands. No, there's no personal bias involved. That is really my eternal problem: is right. that I have bias towards. I don't want to bet. Like, that I don't team. think yeah. that's gonna go yeah. well. Yeah. Like he'd say, he'd say, uh, bet, uh, bet the Clippers against the Suns. I'm like, I like the Suns. I don't want to do that. Well, of course he was right, and I was an idiot for not taking his advice. Well, I mean, so. I find all sports, you know, and I'm a huge sports fan. You know that. Uh, yeah. I find all sports very difficult to bet on. Oh. You know that's, I mean? that's the reason yeah. why this industry exists is because they know they're going to make their money. But right. the only sport I feel is at least for me, predictable enough is football, right? Because there, because you, you can kind of tell. And you know what? I don't know that it's predictable as much as it's you know more. Yeah, maybe. I think that's really what it is. We're like, I, I football still you get these like wild you know things that happen in the games that's you know that screw with you. But you have a better feel for the two teams going into the game. You have a better feel like on on Wednesday of each week for the most part. You could sit down and look at the slate of games, and you could mostly figure out who's going to win the games. Right. You might not know if they'll cover, if they'll, you know, the lines, but you have a pretty good feeling on the Wednesday of every week. 
if you just said who's going to win these games there's 16 games in a week you'd probably get 12 of them correct just who's going to win the game correct there are a few especially as the season goes on there are a few surprises just in the results of the game. But then you turn so, around and Tim Kirkshen could say the same about any baseball game, probably. Yeah, I just don't know as much about right. it. Like but, when, but I think for an average fan like me, mm-hmm. you know, you only, they, when they only, they're only playing once a week. Exactly right. Sure. right? You have a yep. whole week to, to, analyze to and, look what and happened, right. to consume and process information, mm-hmm. and then look forward to the next week. And as information is slowly trickling out about different players and teams, yep. you're on top of it better. And, and you're on top of it better versus every single day for the NBA, every single day for baseball. It's similar in fantasy football to the commitment that you're kind of taking under compared to if you were doing fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball. Like you have to really just. Yeah, that's be why I can't do those sports. Every I, can only, I can only play fantasy day. football. Yeah. Well, in fantasy football we've talked about this i've yep. played fantasy football since 99 sure and i've only missed the playoffs you know i'm in multiple leagues i've only missed the playoffs maybe five times ever that's not because even really a humble brag you know what i mean but like sure that's a good point but 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 the, my point is I play fantasy basketball or fantasy baseball, and I finish dead last. <laughs> yeah, because dead how could last. you possibly stay on top of everything out. that's yeah. going on? Yeah, the just... thing is, everybody knows which running back got hurt in the NFL that week, and so you know I need to go pick up the backup running back. Mm-hmm. And so it's not hard to figure that out. But I don't know who's getting scratched from a start. Fantasy I don't know. Fantasy baseball has always been what keeps the seat warm until fantasy football comes around. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and fantasy baseball is so much more complex because you know you know – Generally, who's being plugged in to that spot, or who the coaches are going to, yep. and you have a week to kind of figure that out, right? In baseball, it could be a platoon. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be three guys filling in for this person. There's some guy getting called up by the Mariners. You, like right. who? Who or in the world is paying attention to the Mariners to know who Matt? I mean, Kellenic obviously a couple weeks ago, but outside of that, an inferior who player who hits leadoff is more valuable than a guy who's getting fewer at bats, batting ninth, kind of thing. Right. It's just like stuff, all no, that it's stuff. Nuts. It's nuts. I, I just can't. I had to give it up a long time ago because I was the same way. I'm like, I, I just can't. I don't have it in me. I don't have the inventory available to follow this yep. on a day-to-day basis in order to be any good at fantasy baseball. And then the more you grow up, no right. no, no, no offense to those grown playing uh, fantasy baseball out there, but for me, Still like the time, the, yeah. the, my regular job and right. the family. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah, and then you added job, this whole other job that you're like, <laughs> like It's yeah. like, you know, yeah. <laughs> do I have time to keep up? It's just, yeah. but football, I can literally. For sure. You know, it's because it's, a one, it's I, one game a week. Right, I it's, can spend a couple hours a week. Exactly right. Maybe a couple hours right. a week. Right, right. You know what I mean? No, 100%. 100 I totally understand yeah. that. Delegate Mike Griffith is with us. Today's show is brought to you by Window Nation. Glenn Clark from Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation is the perfect fit. We're going to talk about some other topics later on in the show. We'll get into uh, some of the um, the Julio Jones reporting of late. We'll get to that. Um, uh, Jeff Schultz, who wrote the report everybody got worked up about in The Athletic yesterday, is going to join us. You all right? It was so bizarre. What was it? It was a voice right when I answered, right when I started talking. They were like, it was like recording. I'm pretty positive. Hello. Hello. Okay. Well, Hello? You stuck and with I, it. And I you was stuck like, with it for a little well, while. I wanted to think test it was important. Him. Well, I will say. Yeah. I would like Spam. to know more about the Julio Jones report. <laughs> I have not found out. I'm okay. So I'm. I'm still. I'm. St- I, and I wrote about this yesterday. I am still going to operate under the assumption that the Ravens are probably not going to be in the Julio Jones market. Yes, I know Jeff Schultz mentioned them in his story, but he wasn't really reporting Ravens' interest. He was just saying it would be logical. Team mentioned by teams saying right. logical. It would, fit. It would yeah. fit what it is. 
a team that would be looking to acquire a player that might be the difference in winning a Super Bowl specifically because of his age. You're not going to be if you're not a team that's close. Julio Jones is probably not an acquisition that makes sense to you. Got it. I mean, like I get why the Ravens fit the bill. The idea we've talked to multiple people that say that Julio Jones in this place in his career is not going to be as concerned sure. about big numbers as he's going to be about the one thing that's missing, and that's winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's already We already know Julio Jones is in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't have to do anything else to solidify his place in the history of football. He is a Hall of Fame wide receiver, one of the greatest receivers to ever play the game of football. So it would make sense for Julio Jones, unlike some guys, to say, yeah, I'd sign up for Baltimore and then not throwing the ball as much because – it's not about my statistics any longer at this point in my life. It's now about I need to win a Super Bowl. That's right. Like I, that's the, I have that. There's one glaring thing that's missing from my resume. It's I've never won a Super Bowl. I want that. Well, and it kind of goes back to the Anquan Bolton comparison for me. I think about him, Julio coming here. I think about Anquan, right? How good did Anquan make Joe Flacco? How many 50-50 balls did Joe just throw up mm-hmm. and Anquan went and got? I, mean, I think it's about amazing how this works. It's good to have good receivers, right? It's amazing how this works. You know, I, I, I think about I, I think about specifically the the two touchdown passes in the AFC Championship yeah. against. Uh, well, and, um, and the, the third Patriots. and the third sure, one yeah. back shoulder from the Super Bowl, which is uh, the greatest. Yeah. I mean, it's right. it's just I, I, I don't even know if it's a back shoulder. It was like just a, here, go get it. And no, it but was, it was. I know he a, stopped, and yeah, it was a I timing mean, thing, and they were together on that. But one. I mean, it was one they looked. At, they got yeah. to the line. They both looked at each other. They saw the coverage, and I said, right. "This is where we're going. You just go do your thing." Yeah, I still no matter what the coverage was, no matter how close it is, you need to go get the ball. I still get goosebumps thinking about it. Right. So you have that play. You have the the one play in the Super Bowl when he's you know there. In goal line. Yep. He goes across the middle to the post. He just goes up and gets it. Yep. And then he did the exact same play in the Super Bowl. That's I mean, he was essentially Anquan <laughs> was. They knew it was coming. They couldn't stop. It. Another tight end in an effect. Also, I mean, he was an oh, incredible yeah. wide receiver. Yeah, but as far as what he was capable of doing, and and and, and Julio Jones is a different player than Anquan Bolton. But he's similar but in that sense. Where correct. It's like where you will go plen- and with one his on body, one. he yeah. is plenty capable of going and making plays. And even if for whatever reason at this point he's been slowed down a little bit because he gets older, his size and his ability to catch the football. Are still there, and I think what he is not. I've talked about like the idea that can you have both things? Can you have the same offense the Ravens are running, and also have an offense that the defense has to give respect to on the outside, right? Like, and you can't do it with Bateman until he proves he's yes, that he's guy. He's got to go be, and he might very well be. Right. He might like, very well be. I want to think guy that will be the case, right? right? But the Ravens' offense doesn't hasn't hasn't yes. instilled confidence in me that they will turn a draft pick into a uh, stud number one receiver that will be demanding so. yes. that respect. Yes. But if Julio were here, immediately the defense has to respect one thousand percent. Now I'm I'm still going to operate in until I see it. I don't really believe it. My gut tells me the Ravens did what they're going to do at wide receiver, and that's going to be the end of it. But Glenn Clark, it would not be. Well, here's a question: What's he worth? The word is if you'll first, take yeah. if you'll take his contract. They are so in such cap yeah, hell in Atlanta; a it's a disaster. If you'll take his contract, they have accepted it's not going to be a first round pick. Then sold. Exactly. Sold. There's <laughs> not a price. <laughs> Like, there's not a price at that point. Somebody said it was two second-round picks. That might be tricky Sold. for me, right? I, Sold. It's it's tough. I'm, but, but I, if you could pro- do consecutive years, you know, like, oh, I mean, yeah, they don't right. have two seconds no, next year. No, they don't year, have two though. seconds next year. But with that being said, what round draft pick 
other than seven, sure. has the Ravens struggled with the most? Oh, yeah. It's, it's the second round. That's a good <laughs> you know, point. That's a good point. Co- I mean, I mean, yeah, they literally didn't want one this year. Got, they were like, I'm not doing it. You got, you got Cody. You had yeah, Mount I Cody. I mean, Sergio Kendall. I can only really think of one good draft pick they've had. In I second know. Round. Oh, Ray, Ray, Ray Rice can't. was really good. Right. Well, Torrey Smith was a second round pick, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, but like, but overall, you yeah. should be hitting. They have struggled. You should be hitting starters in second round. Yes, There's no doubt. Of course. So if you can, like, Oh, I'm Get not a Super Bowl with two second uh, round picks. Yes, I'm 100 percent in favor of trading second yes. round pick for Julio Jones. Like, I, and I, I'm going to say this eternally. My my gut is no. My would I? It, it's not. I'm never going to waver on this. One, I told you before the draft, I would have done it for a first round pick if that's what it took. If 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 you got down to it and there are other teams in the mix for a second round pick and it was just first round pick gets it done, I would have said yes. Just go ahead and do it, well, especially because the Ravens had two. Well, why do you pick a quarterback in the first round? To win a Super Bowl. Correct. If you can trade a first-round pick. To go try to for, win a Super Bowl, yeah. For a Super Bowl, yes. you're going to do, do it. it. In a now, I don't know that they'll win a Super Bowl if they get Julio Jones, but it gives them a great I, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I will remain in favor of it. We will see. Right now, we're just going to talk more about the situation in Atlanta after Jeff Schultz wrote a piece that got everybody all worked up yesterday and, and, and included the word Ravens. And so Ravens fans said, Woo! It's, it's not – there was not a direct tie. He was not saying the Ravens are in on Julio Jones. He was just saying the Ravens would be logical for Julio Jones, and I agree. They would be logical for Julio Jones. I don't know if it will happen. Uh, we're going to talk about the gambling thing. I do want to spend a minute before that. There was another issue, and, and you speak – I like the word bipartisan. It makes me very happy. I'm a rube. You know, like this is me. This is the – I'm a centrist. I'm that guy, and I like the idea of a functional government – that is just working for, I know, I know, Imagine crazy that, ideas, right? You, crazy ideas that I have. The, what do you think? Yeah, right? <laughs> I like the idea of just, like, doing the right thing and it not being about scoring points with one side. That, that sometimes we can just sit down and say, what are we doing? This is what needs to happen for the betterment of society. And Senator Reedy and, and Delegate Learman, uh, who both were on this show, and a reminder, we don't do – the. I don't. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I want to talk about how we can fix things. What well, in defense? I was on this show way before I was on either side of the aisle. So that's, that's true. Well, I mean, <laughs> officially on either side of the aisle. Yeah, uh, I always Fair. knew which side of the aisle you were on. But yes. But um, I I am so in favor of bipartisan things and things that passed with overwhelming support because everybody got together and said, "What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like this is the nil issue to me." is so it's such a no-brainer um i'm befuddled by why it's taken this long to get to this point but grateful that we've got to this point obviously tying it in with um, additional safety measures for area schools and reflecting on the loss of jordan mcnair which is a tragedy that should have never occurred once and shouldn't sure as hell never occur again in the state of maryland is a wonderful thing but specifically the nil thing can you speak to why there was so much overwhelming support and from both sides of the aisle in order to make this happen? Well, I mean, it kind of tie, ties to a couple of different things, right? Like, you know, when you put bills with multiple layers, in it, like so everybody supported, you know, the, the Jordan McNair, you know, piece of the bill and the safety measures and obviously honoring him and his family with that bill. I think that was important for all of us. Uh, and you're referring to the the um, individuals being able to name, image, likeness, right? Thank, exactly, thank right. You. Yep. So, and that portion of it, you know, that was tough for me. And it's one of those things where, right, like, you know, when you're voting on a bill, you know, you're voting on all of it, the best parts and the worst parts, right? And and that's certainly more evident in some legislation. But for this, I was I'm I voted for it for 
because I thought the pros outweighed the cons. But I'm still not completely sold on college students, um, uh, you know, profiting from their name. Why is that? Why is that? Well, and this is why. So it goes back to the the transaction of the scholarship, right? I know, and it gets very, very fuzzy with kids not on scholarship, right? So that's where it gets really murky. It's like, what about a kid who's not on scholarship being in one of these games, being able to make a few bucks off that, right? Like, I'm more supportive of that. But these are hundreds of thousands of dollars in transactions taking place between the college and the student. And you know who's paying that when you do, for, for, for the public institutions? Well, I mean, yes, for the University of Maryland. That's for, taxpayers. Yes, correct. Taxpayers are funding this, this college education and subsidizing this, right, uh, when they get a full-ride scholarship, and then for them to make additional. That is, that, and that's murky because that's the, right. the, the athletic department profits, and so, it, each scholarship comes from a different place. Each, and each team, every scholarship is funded by something different within, within that athletic department. That's right. So, and, and so my issue, I'm not opposed. I'm still, it's murky, right? And I... You know, you, you vote for this bill because you, you want to support George McNair, McNair, right? And you want to support those safety measures. I don't think they should have been in the same bill because I think they're two very different issues that need to be considered. Um, this so is, I'm This s- is interesting to me because I, I know the senator is at least as conservative as you are. And, and yet he was far more – like that side of it seemed to be far more his concern was right. the NIL side of it. Right. And was willing to tie it in with the Jordan McNair side in order to make it work. So this isn't this 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 did not come off to me as being a like a conservative liberal no, issue. It's, no, it's not. It's this, not. Yeah. This isn't again, this goes back to one of those issues. It's this issue is not about partisanship. This issue is about, you know, sizing up and, mm-hmm. and trying to unpack it appropriately. You know, and I'm always very concerned about cognizant of that we are a steward of the taxpayers' money, right? And we forget how much money is being pumped into society on every front. That's your money, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And scholarships is one of those things. And, you know, I have no problem awarding scholarships for a variety of uh, uh, achievements, sports and otherwise. You know what I mean? If there's a kid who, you know, their only best shot to go to college is through their athletic ability, then, you know, we we create a pathway for that. And, and – and there's obviously the school gets a return on investment if the sports teams perform, and you know it's it all works hand in hand. But what's the University of Maryland right now? What do you mean wait, wait. Do, per year? Oh, to go probably there, yeah, out of state, do. like fifty probably at least. Okay, and remember these scholarships go to out of state kids too, right? Yes, yeah, correct. And what about in state? Probably I, fifteen I, to twenty. I would it's think. much more than when I was there. Yeah, when I not, was there, when I was, anymore, when I, I was think. there, it was literally about eight thousand yeah. dollars without without room and board. So course. so full ride, yeah, red shirt. In the, in your four years of eligibility, mm-hmm. what do you think the value is when you add when you add in room? And so, board? but isn't that a cost that was going to be like? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The name, image, and likeness bill is simply pertaining to the outside of the sure. football activity. So, isn't all of the scholarships were given regardless of whether or not the student athletes were able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness? Sure, but but what I'm what 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 I'm discussing is, and and, and that's accurate. But isn't that essentially income, either realized or uh, um, benefited from? Because their benefit is not just the free college. It's them not having to pay 
student loans back for the next 20 to so, 40 so, years. So, so that it, it, there's immediate two. And, and this is an issue that I, I feel strongly about. Right. So I, and we can, but we'll have a, you know, I'm, sure. I'm not going well, to grill you. I'm well, gonna, the two I'm things not, that people come up with very quickly in response. There's still profit coming. That someone is still profiting off of all of this, right? Like, it's not, hey, this goes back to fund all of these scholarships. The, 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 the football program, even at Maryland, where it's not as valuable as it is somewhere else, still turns a profit. It's mutually beneficial. Right? Right, right. Like, right. at the end of the year. The basketball program sure. still turns a profit at the end of the year, despite all of the scholarship money that's given out. They still turn a profit that benefits sure. the, the University of Maryland, the athletic department, whoever, however they decide to share that revenue. The first argument is, why is it that it's okay for profit to be made off of that's not shared with you? You give us this. Even beyond that, we're still making money. Right. We're not asking for a piece of that. We're right. saying, go ahead and make your profit. Just allow us to be able to make our own as well. well see, and that's the thing. Good points all around. My issue with the, with the legislation, in, in my opinion, is I just... I don't feel like I was allowed enough opportunity to really unpack all the issues, right? And really, it's, you know, I feel like my points are valid. I think that's a valid point. I think you have valid points. I think the universities have valid points. I think the, the video game producers have valid points. And I think the students have valid points. I think there are a lot of valid points here. But to very quickly smack a bill together, throw it through, have us vote on it, and then have it become a law. That's that's some of the issues, in my opinion. That's some of the biggest issues with Annapolis is the bill goes in the subcommittee, goes in the committee, hits the floor, and boom, within a three month time so, period. So you you're left to trust other people that are involved in the bill that that's that 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 say the things that require more drawn out discussions and thought are being right. You know, and this isn't questioning anybody's ability or anybody's integrity or anybody's intent. It's just for me. The bill comes to the floor, and I have to make a decision. Am I voting on this? Because we're only there for three months, and most of your time is spent in your committee. I'm right, working on your right? own. Yeah, right. So, yeah. so my, I obviously voted for it, mm -hmm. right? But doesn't mean that I'm 100% in. But that doesn't mean I'm 100% out. It means I'm still, you know, I wish I had more time. To fully unpack everything. The part that I'm not going really, to a corner yeah, saying we yeah. need to, just, right. you know, right. we, right. we we need to make sure these kids aren't making money off their likeness. That's not my position at all. I think the part that swayed me a lot with the arguments about the scholarships is that scholarships, as you mentioned, are afforded to students that are not only athletes, but it could be academic, it could be a musical or a theater, any number yep. of things, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be as much as a full scholarship. I have to imagine. Those students are then allowed to, if it's not as common, but, but yes, it's potential, they, they right? Can like be, correct. an academically inclined student who is so exemplary at his one, you know, whatever trade that may be, it's tutoring, Science. could go yeah. and profit off of that ability, right? They could go and tutor a student and turn that skill and whatever it was that earned them that scholarship into extra money. So I feel like the fact that we have we treated had, we athletes had singled out, different. We had singled out one group of individuals right. as being the only group that's not allowed to profit off of themselves, whereas you can go, if you want to be a tutor, and you're on full scholarship somewhere else, you're allowed to go be a tutor and make money off of doing that. But if you want to coach somebody in how to play football in the, fo in the summer, you're not allowed to profit off of it. Well, no, and I agree with all that. Right. And I'm very sensitive to the issues you hear about. I mean, if you go back listening to the uh, – um, if you go back and watch the 30 on 30 on the Miami football team, right? Mm -hmm. Like they talked about a lot how 
you know, these kids had no money. They had no money to eat or buy clothes, right? Mm-hmm. How about AJ Francis, who just made his WWE debut this week? Right. We'll talk about this a lot. We'll say, look, man, I, you know, there were weeks where I, I, di- I couldn't get food. I just didn't. Right. There was no, you know, he's this big old dude. He's playing football. And yet there were weeks where because of the living arrangements that you have and because the schools closed that Number, week and yeah. you're, you're just you've got nothing. Right. Like you're, you're just that's the way you're living. And, 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 I'm, and I'm sensitive to that. That's why I think this is a very complex issue. And that's why I'm still not 100 percent made up my mind. I mean, I, I was forced to vote for it because. Time comes, you got to right. hit a button, and it, right? And it passed, and it's coming. Right. It's going to happen, But obviously. as far as my my personal opinion on it, I still have not completely made up my mind. Um, and because some of the issues we deal with in that is we don't get fully read in on, you know? So, that I mean, that's my position. Was, I, 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 my, I guess my answer is I still don't did, completely did it, know. Did it impact? This is just an interesting, like, a wonky thing about sure. how this works. Did it impact you that it had such broad bipartisan support? Did that when, – when you, when you sit to vote about something and you see – this is clearly something that both sides of the aisle appear to have support for. I, I don't necessarily want to be the guy that fights about this. Or, or are you more inclined to say, no, I, I don't, I don't, I, if I'm confused about something, I want to go sit down and have a conversation about it no matter what. No, I mean, I, I, I can't think of an example where I voted a certain way because of the amount of support something had one okay. way or the other. You know what I mean? Like I'm lucky my constituents and where I represent you know, my views are generally aligned with the folks I represent, so I can vote my conscience, you know, and and know that I'm going to be aligned with the folks I represent. Because at the end of the day, what we forget sometimes is I, I'm sent as a representative of the people in my district to represent them, not represent me, mm-hmm. right? So I do have to support what my constituents, you know. Well, the, I mean, I get that. Right. I, I certainly understand that. But But these are issues that aren't, you know— that don't directly impact, but I do consider, I do try to consider the, the responsibility uh, on the, on the tax side, you know, and that's and that's where it kind of started. And I wanted to just circle back to that: is these scholarships are tax dollars ultimately. Some yeah. again, it's clear we need to say a lot of it is donation. A lot of it is it's certainly a school like Maryland. There are s- specific scholarships that exist just because someone said, "I am, right. I am, uh, I'm donating my money to fund this scholarship." But all those things should be at least offsetting tax dollars, if not eliminating them altogether, in my opinion. If you're saying if if you're made if you're getting so much money in donations, you should get less tax dollars. Correct is what you're saying. Correct. But now it's just more and more and more, and it's created this great arms not great, but you know, figuratively an arms race, you know, on these college campuses with facilities and and on on on. Yep. Right, and and that's driving the prices up. In addition to that, and at some point, it's got to. At some point, it's got to, you know, walk itself back. Okay. I mean, I, I understand that part of it. I do I do get that part of it, right? I just, this to me, see, the, and name image likeness to me specifically seems more like a, there is one group of people that was targeted, whereas everybody else has been allowed to do whatever they want, and that, it seems inherently unfair. Well, and, and how that, would that work? Would, like, every, you know, student at a college in Maryland get, you know, Five bucks for uh, you know being in NCAA basketball. You know what I mean? Because that's well, I mean, every that, single and, almost, and, I mean, and, 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 right, and that's a greater thing that will have to be worked out at the national level. For me, it's more just a if if, if a student has and that's but that's a that's a broader no. But that's but that's right. But, I, but, I, I but, get what you're saying. But if we're voting for this bill, right, we have to contemplate 
how that would actually play out. Okay, but the NCAA football game is more specific because they're going to have to deal with that on a national level. They're right. going to have to make a decision with the NCAA. If we're going to use your imaging, if we're going to use all of that, we're going to have to come to whatever that agreement is for college athletes as a whole. Right. More specifically, if a college athlete like, wants to hold if – a, if a women's rower at Washington College wants to hold a rowing camp yes. in the summer – and say, if you've got people in your life, I don't know this community, but this community exists. I think, that if, if I remember right, this is what Delegate Learman does, or she was a rower in, in college. If you want to row, and you want to learn to row, we're going to bring out someone who knows how to row. It's 100 bucks to be in the rowing camp. I. But one more thing to consider about this is the recruiting advantage that I think it's baked into this cake a bit, right? Because if I have a choice to go to Penn State or University of Maryland, and Penn State, I can't... Profit off my likeness. Oh, I think that's a significant part of it. Yes. I think it's a. I think, yes. that, I mean, I think that's way understated. Thing, right. I, it's I, good for right. University yes. of Maryland, our colleges, and our athletics right. programs. But it is something to consider. Like you got to look at all the things there. I'm too. not sure that I don't think that the the norm, though, you know, that the standard shouldn't just be. Oh, and it seems like know, well, the NCAA right. appears as they're going to be moving towards a. We, we've said this a million times, but for the first time, it really does appear as though they're going to be moving towards making this broad and making this a national. Well, because because states are starting to correct. Right. But once you have a few, once the ball's rolling, and this goes back to what you said earlier, I'm also appreciative of not falling behind. In the same way, if other states are enacting it, and now you're losing out in the opportunity to compete right. because other states are allowing their schools to let players profit, and the kid's sitting here saying, well, I could go to Maryland, but I could also go to Florida, and I could make money off of my name, image, and likeness. I always am going to be prefer to be the state that's ahead of the curve well, on issues like this, like we were talking about with well, them. And i got to be honest, it makes me sad we're not in the ACC anymore because I'd much rather be well, you know, that's swi- a, swiping yeah. kids from Duke. I mean, they- <laughs> I mean, in fairness, in fairness, I'm, I'm not – that's a whole different thing. We'll get back to that. I want to talk about the betting thing. I want to get to that. Uh, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. So uh, joining us now, a colleague of yours. He is the House Minority Leader here in the state of Maryland. He's Delegate Jason Buckle, and he's with us here on GCR. Delegate, it's, uh, it's Glenn and Delegate Griffith and Kyle. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thank you. I'm uh, happy to be on, happy to be with you. I was just listening to your last little spot there, and when you talked about rowing, uh, I just couldn't help but imagine Mike Griffith trying to row a boat down the Susquehanna <laughs> River. Hang on. How well that was I might out. want him in the back of my boat, actually. I feel like, like Mike would be able to help us out in that situation. Uh, I'm back in his yeah. marine days, I'm sure Mike Griffith could row a heck of a boat, but right now I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm much better in the back of a sled. <laughs> a little added mass going down the hill. Right? That's what we need. That's what we need. Delegate, it's great to have you. Can you tell me? I, you know, I, I did a little bit of background. You far before, uh, obviously, the governor signed the sports gambling law this week and it had approval. This is something that you've been out in front of for a number of years, correct? Yes, I think uh, myself and actually Delegate uh, Kevin Hornberger, that's uh, right from, from your general area that serves in Cecil County. We, we serve on the Ways and Means Committee that in the House of Delegates governs uh, really all gaming, from casinos to horse tracks to local bingo halls. And uh, when the state of New Jersey, under Chris Christie, about four or five years ago, uh, started pushing to get sports gambling in their state and brought a case that worked its way all the way to the Supreme Court, 
to overthrow the federal statute that kind of limited or froze sports gambling basically to only Nevada. There were a couple other states that could do some quirks of sports gambling, but really it was just uh, Nevada. When New Jersey started doing that, uh, Kevin Hornberger and I kind of took up that cause and started bringing legislation every year for, for several years before a bill was ever passed that would set up a system where we could bring sports gambling to Maryland. So I've been interested in it, uh, involved in it, I guess, for, for at least the last four or five years. And so now it's finally come to fruition. I, I think the layperson wants to know, what, what, what part of this matters to me? What part of this, to the guy that just wants to make a bet on a Friday of football season, put some money down, whether it's the right. Ravens or whoever it is, what, what do they need to know about this bill that has been passed that will finally govern how this will come to the state of Maryland? Well, I, I think the main thing is is that there's going to be quite a few guaranteed uh, brick-and-mortar places, you know, traditional places where you could walk in, place that bet, watch the game there, not watch the game there. And that's going to be all six of the state's existing casinos, uh, the primary horse racing tracks, places like Pimlico, Laurel, and then there will be automatic licenses extended to the state's professional uh, sports facilities, so Camden Yards, M&T Bank Stadium, the the uh, Washington Stadium in Prince George's County, whatever they call that stadium these days. Um, whatever they call their team these days, whatever they call the anything. WTF. What's yeah. that? Yeah, whatever they call their team these days, yeah. I mean, for Christ's yeah, I, sake. I, uh, I, I went to college in Northern Virginia, and so I was uh, a fan, and I still catch my, I mean, I say Redskins all the time, it's it's just, that's that's who they are in my mind. Right, it's the way it's, it's, it's been for a long time, understandable, understandable, right. yeah. So, so I think for the, for the average guy or the average person who says, I just want to get involved with this when uh, maybe football season rolls around, it's our hope that at the very minimum, those facilities will be up and running places where you can go participate in sports gambling. There's going to be a lot of mobile or digital apps, so to speak, you know, that you can do it from your phone, from your laptop. And that seems to be something a lot of people want to do or, or think is easier for them to do. Uh, there's going to be a lot of those in Maryland. There's up to 60 potential mobile licenses, which would be among the most of any state in the country. Uh, whether or not the regulatory and licensing framework is in place by August, September, for all of those apps to be up and running, I'm not positive about that. Uh, there's a chance. Uh, it's definitely coming down the pike, but I, I hope that by college and pro football season at the latest, uh, at least those guaranteed brick-and-mortar facilities will be up and running. Uh, Delegate, if I could follow up with a couple things. It, it, those aren't, that's not the, the end of, it's not just going to be the casinos and the professional sports right. places, right, that are going to be brick-and-mortars. There will be the opportunity. I, I, I'm, I'm used the phrase, it seems like a big tent type of thing that we're doing here, which I think is important because a lot of people said, hey, what I'm worried about is the little guy getting squeezed out in this process. It seems like there is opportunity for smaller business to still be involved in the sports gambling world in the state of Maryland? Yeah, there definitely is. I mentioned that there can be up to 60 mobile licenses, you know, which would include a, a variety of folks who could apply for those. If you have the technological skill and the financial capability to, to do it, uh, you have the ability to, to apply. There also will be up to 30 uh, brick-and-mortar licenses beyond just the casinos, the tracks, the, the, the pro uh, sports facilities. So this could be a so bar, There are a lot example. of folks all across the state that will have the opportunity to apply yeah. to get a brick-and-mortar license and bring sports gambling to their restaurant, to their facility, whatever it may be. 
but to be honest, I mean, there's a lot of risks and a lot of costs in sports gambling that sometimes the little guys don't see. So I'm really hopeful that they'll be able to get up and running and be successful at it as opposed to just give it a try. No, I, I certainly understand. This is not the type of thing that you want to dip your toes in and then find out, oh boy, I was not prepared for all of the risk that comes along with being involved in sports gambling. And, I, and to your point, I think it's just important that there is the option for that. That is not meaning that we're going to have big businesses come to Maryland, suck up dollars, and 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 not really be invested in the state of Maryland as much as just, you know, we're here because there's a law that there's going to be an investment in the actual state and for the people that are in the state to profit off of it, and that seems like a good thing. No, I, I think that's right, and that certainly was the intent of the law and, and increasing the number of licenses. That was really the the hardest part, I think, over the last year or two was coming up with a compromise that satisfied everybody uh, to say, hey, we're going to guarantee that the people who are, who are in the state, the people you know, like Hollywood Casino, Perryville, and yep. places like that in that region, that have already been spending money, they employ a lot of people, they're going to get a chance to be competitive against their casino counterparts in Pennsylvania, Delaware, or other states. But at the same time, we're going to open up new opportunities for other groups, other small businesses and investors who want to be in Maryland, be in that space. That That's what the big delay was uh, for a couple of years, is trying to come up with a formula that works. And, uh, you know, no number is perfect. Everything is sort of picked out of the air to a certain extent. I hope that uh, the numbers we put in this legislation will let a fair number of people participate without causing folks to, uh, you know, maybe get out over their skis a little bit. And, I, you know, what I found is interesting, you, you talk to a lot of guys who own, uh, you know, small bars, small restaurants, things of that nature, and, and they'd love to have sports gambling, uh, but they sort of associated with maintaining a, a, a book, you know, almost mm-hmm. like being a bookie. It was mm-hmm. like, well, I just, it's just people I know, and I can write it down in a book and pay them out and they don't bet all that much and you have to explain to them that that's not what this is at all it's not legalizing illegal sports gambling right. it's creating a regulatory <laughs> framework for it you're going to have to pay taxes you're going to have to have a monitored national facility you're going to have to be able to accept significant bets you're going to have to have all these other requirements and you know you may you may lose 20 30 40 50 thousand dollars one weekend on football and Sometimes you say that to people who own these small businesses, and they they shake their head like, "Well, I can't get involved in that." Correct. So it's correct. It's, it's a little going to be an interesting scenario. It's a little bit different than just having a guy named Slim who's <laughs> hanging out, and and you're like, "All right, Slim, go ahead. You can throw down another twenty bucks." Um, right. Delegate Buckle, I, I think the other thing that that people you know are concerned about when when betting was introduced in the District of Columbia, it came along with impossible odds. It it was so. Um, the consumer was at such a disadvantage for what was introduced because of the taxes that were involved. It created odds that allowed you essentially no chance to make a profit or to make you interested in betting within the District of Columbia. It made you want to say, well, I'd rather travel to Virginia and bet there because I can get more favorable odds for me to try to win. It was that addressed within this bill, and, and is that handled simply by saying that's the reason why it's a big tent? With this much competition, there should be no issue like this. I, I think so. Uh, I, I hope that that's the result. We, we were aware, certainly, that that was going on in Virginia, and there's some other states. I'll be honest with you, the state of Pennsylvania has a very, very high tax rate uh, for what they take from the operators uh, in sports gaming. We set our rate substantially below theirs. Interesting. And we tried to set the rate in a way that the the real industry experts, quite frankly, are the, the national sports books, the William Hills, the Barstools, 
uh, and the big casino operators, you know, the folks like MGM and others, they're the they're the real experts in how that works and how that affects their ability to set lines. Uh, and what the advice that they gave us as we process through the legislation is that our rates were reasonable enough that it wouldn't cause that kind of a problem. Uh, and so I hope that that's the case. If it winds up being that between a combination of the rates and the, the fee that you have to pay, the application fee, the license fee, which for the big boys is, is pretty significant. It's a seven-figure fee to start out with. The smaller operators give a much, much smaller fee. But if we find that the combination of the fee and the tax rate is leading the uh, operators to basically kind of gouge the consumer and say, hey, we're, we're artificially manipulating the odds and the rates so that we know very few people are going to win, if that's what's happening, uh, I think we'll very quickly go back in and adjust those because there's no sense having the industry if it's not a fair and reasonable industry. There's no right. sense having right. the industry if it's just driving knowledgeable sports gamblers, even your weekend knowledgeable person. If we're driving them to West Virginia and to Virginia and to Pennsylvania and Delaware, then we really didn't accomplish anything. Yeah, what was the point of any of this at that point? Why, why did we dip our toes into this water if, if we're just going to end up having people say, yeah, I don't want to do this? Like, right. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, anything at all, you know, as we mentioned, you're the House Minority Leader, right? It seems as though this was broad bipartisan support again, but is there anything at all that concerns you? I was just talking to Delegate Griffith about things that he's concerned about a bill that had bipartisan support. Is there anything about the bill that was signed, the law that was signed, that still concerns you, Delegate? Um, I think, you know, we worked very hard on the bill. I was part of a, you know, informal work group on the bill for, for quite some time of trying to come up with uh, some of the parameters of it. Uh, the main thing that really concerns me is, will we have, will, will we oversaturate the market, for example, with the, the digital apps, the mobile ability to gamble? Uh, there's only so many people, in this, you know, I, you're a sports talk radio guy. You, mm-hmm. you know a lot of people who would enjoy reasonable, responsible betting on games. So do I. But there's really so many of us in the state. Uh, we're not a particularly huge state. There are about 6 million people. And so we're going to have 60 potential mobile digital apps. Are you speaking specifically and like hurting I, you know, the brick I and mortars? Sometimes, and every state around us has gaming now. So it's not a situation where someone from Fairfax County, Virginia, has to come across state line to bet. They can do it in their state. Right. right. Where someone in York, Pennsylvania, has to come across to bet, they can do it in Pennsylvania if they want to. And so I wonder... You know, I have a little bit of concern of, is that so many, will there really be a viable market or will a lot of people try to get into that market and after a few years be, be flushed out? And then maybe that's okay. Competition is the American way. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that's my main concern, I think, right now. That's an interesting – to your point, the idea of creating – you know, like we want people to come to the casinos to bed or we want people to come to these brick-and-mortar locations to bed. If they've got – all of these digital options, are they, right. are they going to make a weekend out of coming and hanging out and spending money at, at Maryland businesses? Or are they just going to say, no, I can sit at home on my tukus and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet in front of my TV. I don't need to do that because I have all of these options. That's, that, that's right. And that's one of when, you know, when we first brought up sports gambling four, five, six years ago, uh, one of the main motivating factors, because the, the, the major casinos will tell you, hey, you know, in terms of a margin – Sports gaming is one of our lower-end margin options. I mean, it's much better for them to direct somebody to the slot machines or to the roulette table than it is to direct them to sports gaming. But one of the reasons why casino operators wanted it so badly 
is because it tends to produce a lot of ancillary income. Mm-hmm. If you get people coming into your facility, they also might drop 50 or $100 in that slot yep. machine just for the heck of it. Yep. They eat there. They drink there. If it's a hotel-oriented resort, they may come in for a football weekend or a March Madness college football weekend. And so it produces a lot of secondary positive effects. And so you, you hit the nail on the head. If if 90% of the people say, I'm not doing any of that, I'm just betting with my you know, my T-shirt and pajamas on, watching TV from my, my bedroom, you lose all of those uh, – uh, secondary economic effects. And that's areas where people could come in from uh, from out other states and say, yeah, but if I want to visit Live Casino Hotel, for example, they might right. be less inclined because I don't need to do that. I can just, I, right. it's not an option or not, not something I have to do. All right, Delegate, the important question before I let you go is, you know, Delegate Griffith, still only two years in, uh, can you share what the prank is that maybe you guys played on him when he first, I assume there's got to be a tra- like a hazing tradition <laughs> among, I mean, there, it has to exist. There's got to be a story of, uh, you know, I'm assuming it's not paddling or something. But there's got to no. be something that exists when you come no, in as a uh, freshman. You know, I, other than uh, occasionally asking Mike, uh, you know, when you're out after a long day, and, and we're both Republicans and we're in the minority in Annapolis, and some days it's pretty frustrating. Uh, sometimes after a long day of that, you get a get an adult beverage seven, eight, nine o'clock at night to uh, soothe your your frayed nerves. <laughs> and other than making sure that Mike paid for all of those things as much as possible, <laughs> then, well, I will tell you, I don't think we ever did this to Mike. And uh, maybe his recollection is different. The one prank that occasionally is played on on new members, people who come in, uh, they get you know get appointed sort of in the middle of session, so they're kind of a a freshman member on their own almost, as opposed to an election cycle when a bunch of folks all come in together. Uh, sometimes they they have one of the uh, aides or pages pass a note back to the member while we're in session and say, you know, the speaker the speaker urgently needs to see you uh, at the speaker's desk. And, of course, the speaker stands in front of all of us and is on TV now and is conducting the proceedings. And the speaker usually knows absolutely nothing about this. Right. So and then that member, of course, gets the note and rushes up to the speaker's <laughs> rostrum and is, is standing there, sort of waving at the speaker. <laughs> and eventually, the speaker's like, what, "What? Why are you here? What do you want?" So, 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 Del- uh, so, so Del- I don't think Del- we did that to Mike. You did. That's you been done you tried. Times. You tried. So, delegate buckle. This is a great story. So. Uh, I may be a freshman in the House Delegates, but I'm not a freshman in life. And, <laughs> and I do tours in the Marine Corps. And some playful hazing yes, is a part yes, of your correct. entire time in the Marine Corps. I don't doubt that one bit. So I got this note, <clears throat> and I was immediately suspicious because I smelled a rat. And so I went so far to go online and find a copy, an image of Speaker Jones's signature to match it up. And I'm like, there you go. this doesn't match. And I'm sitting there, you know, like, okay, you guys aren't going to get me. As I watch another freshman delegate run up to the oh. front, I'm like, oh. <laughs> So well done. Well done, sir. And well Mike, done. Mike, Mike avoided one of the uh, simplest hazing rituals. We'll have to concoct something more elaborate <laughs> for the next session. Oh, man. Delegate Buckle, this is great information, sir. Really appreciate yeah. you. Uh, I mean, it, the, the betting stuff was good, but it's it's better. I could try to find something to embarrass Delegate Griffith about because there he's you a go. friend. Um, really appreciate you taking a few minutes for us. Uh, congratulations on having the bill signed into law after all this work. And uh, we look yep. forward to seeing what it can do for our state here in the uh, the coming years. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Very excited and happy that this is up and running. And I hope that it uh, works out for everyone involved in the industry and is good for our citizens. You no know, doubt. People who want to do this don't have to travel across state lines or feel like they're 
criminals anymore to uh, you know put twenty dollars on the Orioles tonight and and enjoy the game a little more. Not so, that any very of us, happy to not, be with you. Not that any you. of us have been doing it illegally at all, or just did it illegally the other day. Not that any of us would ever admit <laughs> that to two delegates over the phone. Dele- I, I, I certainly would not. I'm, I'm not only a member of the General Assembly, I also practice law for a living. So oh, I've learned a long time ago. Like, I have no you idea better not, so. better not do that. Delegate, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. Uh, Delegate uh, Jason Buckle. It's uh, a great story, by the way. It's a great story that you deciphered that that was what was going on, and you uh, you were able to handle that so well. I, I, I smelled a rat, you know. I mean, I get and it. I get it. Why would the speaker de- urgently need you in that moment? What? Well, because what happens usually on the House floor is you have the speaker's chief of staff. Yep. And anything she wants to communicate, the the, the chief of staff will come to you and tap on your shoulder, and you'll have a little conversation about a variety of issues. Some meaningful, some you know, not so meaningful. Okay. Right. All right. So it's the only time in my first session that you know. Someone was to communicate with me from the speaker. It wasn't from the speaker. So I'm like, okay, I'm suspicious. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking around. I noticed one or two folks, like, looking at me. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're trying to say they got you. Right, right. Well, they're trying to, you know, like, yeah. look at my reaction. Yep. So I'm sitting there on my laptop, like, trying to find, and I find this document she signed online. I'm at not the same signature. You know, shh. You know, did, you, I, did you eyeball the people that were looking at you? Like, Well, no. Well, I'm texting them, and it may, it may have included uh, um, two delegates that was mentioned, you know, with Delegate Buckle and uh, his co-conspirator, Delegate Kevin Hornberger, who's, <laughs> who's my district mate okay. and a friend of mine before yeah. all this happened. So I'm just saying. You're very, very proud of yourself for, uh, for I mean, thwarting not, there. Not proud, you know, just. You I expect, would be. You expect yeah. nothing less. But, but, you know, but then I see uh, another delegate that was, <laughs> that was a freshman same time as me. Less astute. I'm going to say less astute. Perhaps in this regard. <laughs> but I watched her go to the front. At the approximate time, I would be going to the front. And then she was duly recognized for um, falling for said plank prank on the house floor. Confirmed, <laughs> confirmed your suspicions. Yes. Said, you said, I got him. I got him. You can't get me. I wasn't born today. Well, what I was worried about was the prank arms race. Okay, that didn't work. We're going to try the next oh, what? Yeah, what do they go to now? And, 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 they, and they haven't. But thanks to you. Oh, they might, it might not happen <laughs> because you thwarted that one. That yeah. the, the signature, case. the difference was, it was the same writing, just he had the number wrong. It was like he was a delegate and it said number 45, and really he signed it with number 44. No, yeah. no, you got it. You got to know better. You got to yeah. know better. Yeah. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis um we're, we're gonna get a break at the top of the hour but uh delegate if if you could you, you know we, you talk about your concerns about the other bill do you have any concerns about the sports betting bill that was signed this week by governor hogan well i mean i think just the you know just the moral concerns obviously does this turn into another avenue for people to get caught up into to gaming and gambling addiction i think that's a real concern we should all be concerned i believe about. there was in, in much of the yeah. way that we've had with um with lotter and other right. other when when we introduced casino games and slot play the part of that law also involved what we do to try to combat gambling addiction and i believe that was also right. included in this bill correct i mean so that's always a concern and it always should be a concern um, so we need, we need to make sure we're watching that very closely as, you know, not just, you know, politicians, but society, right? We want to protect people that might be Are vulnerable, vulnerable yep. to that, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure we're paying very close attention to that. 
Um, but I mean, I think that's the 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 biggest concern for me out there at this point. Otherwise, it it does really. This one absolutely comes off as a we had fallen behind. We needed to get on board to compete with other states to protect keeping money here and bringing whatever outside revenue we possibly can right. into the state of Maryland. Well, I mean, that's what happened with slots. I mean, we f- we fell behind on so slots vastly because of politics. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember what happened. Oh, I remember well. That was all politics. That was all political games, you know, and we fell behind on that, unfortunately. And hopefully we learn our lesson on this one. And while we were behind, we're not like in the Stone Age, you know. If we waited a few more years, we would have been. There's other issues that I'd still like for us to be more on the forefront of that, that we see popping up. You and I have talked about some of those off the air that aren't related to sports, and I'm not, I am not—I don't need to do it here. We can continue to have those conversations privately, you and I. But I, mean, I, just, I will always be in favor of being on the forefront of these types of things because there is a certain amount of time in which you stand to, to do better for the state by being ahead of the curve and by being the place sure. where people can come in order to do those sorts of things. Sure. Sports betting... It's definitely way more of a catch-up thing at this point. So how much time before the break? We got a minute. I mean, what do you want to... What are your thoughts on the stadiums opening up and masks, no masks, capacity and all that? I mean, I I, I think I think it's time. I mean, I obviously the Orioles are going to open on June 1st. That's going to be their date. And I, I think at this point, we the Ravens have said all along their plan has been that they're going to have full capacity for the fall and... Based on the Orioles now moving to full capacity, it appears as though the city will not do anything to step in and prevent that from happening. I was there on Wednesday, and it was it was a lax atmosphere as is, right? Like I think we're kind of to the point as a people where there's been enough time where people have had the opportunity to get vaccinated that if you haven't by now, you're making your own decision to an extent, and like the risk is yours. Mm-hmm. So people have kind of just let. Others, you know, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you're more comfortable and at the time don't really feel like wearing it too strictly, then people aren't really going to. And this will go back to me being a centrist delegate. I was never, the mask thing has never bothered me. Like, I'm, I'll wear a mask. You know what I mean? It's not, it's just not the end of the world to me to have to wear a mask. But like last night, we played kickball. We play uh, in your district, by the way. We play uh, every Thursday night in Bel Air. We ended up going out to, um, they're not, Bushmill Tavern afterwards, right? There's not a single person. I didn't get a call, by the way. Just saying. I'm so- <laughs> Every th- next Thursday night. Next Thursday night. Right? We play kickball. We'll go out afterwards. Better get all right? You want to go out afterwards yes. next Thursday night? Let's Done. do it. We'll do that. Yeah, you got to know. He but takes wh- kickball very seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, right. not, I'm not saying I'm playing kickball. <laughs> right. But you'll come out with me afterwards. So right. so uh, we, we go in, and there's a group of us that are on the kickball team. And everybody's like, do we, do we need to bring our mask? Do we need to, what do we need to do? And I was like, I'm gonna, I'll have it in case. Uh, in Harford County, like. Nobody. No, I, wa- I walked in. There's not, there's not, nobody is concerned. Nobody cares. Nobody at all. We're Florida. And, we're Florida North. And, 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 well, right. And the point is to me, at, the, at this point, that doesn't bother me any longer. Right. I'm not, right. I, I, and, and I am at that point where personally, whatever you want to do is what you want to do. Right. Like, I don't, I do not believe there's a greater danger any longer. To Kyle's point, I do think that the availability, I, yes, it's different. I'm vaccinated. I'm, I get it. I would it. feel differently if I weren't. I would feel Probably, I would I would yeah. be less likely to put myself in I, situations, right? Like I maybe. would be less I mean, inclined I, to maybe go I, to I've an I've said all along I'm not a person that you, of course, are at greater risk, sure. right? Because of of your health issue. I was never at particularly significant risk that even if I got COVID, I was all that. Look, I was. Like, I don't like the idea of losing my taste or smell in a mild yeah, case not of fun. COVID. Of course, you know? I, I was not trying to let me make I'm that a very man clear. Who likes to I was not food. out there trying to get COVID. Let me make <laughs> right. that very clear. This is my biggest health risk is I supersize. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the old Mergen Spur 
Sherlock, if yeah. you will. <laughs> do you think we're going to have uh, tailgating available at the race? I think we're trending towards it. I do. I genuinely believe that we're trending towards... Especially with how it's like, the, the, even when the virus was going on, outdoors was... You know, safe to place. an extent, the safe haven. Mm-hmm. I don't see why it wouldn't. And and like I know, I I don't know if you, I know you. Uh, De- Delegate also happens to be like every white male of a certain age. He also is a Dave Matthews Band fan. <laughs> um, it's the way it works. I've tried explaining that to people over and over again. If you're a white male of a certain age, you're a Dave it's like Matthews. Like a superhero band. of it's the just, hidden it's, compartment it's in your part, closet. Part for of the, the way outfit, that it works. You know? There's just no getting around it. It's <laughs> the way it goes. Are you going to the Merryweather show? So it's sold out. So I bought tickets. I'm a member of the fan club, and I bought tickets. But because we were impacted financially because of COVID, yeah, I took my refund, and now I'm like oh, sitting on the outside yeah. looking in. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm not going to that one, but I'm planning to go to other Merriweather shows like the Kings Leon uh, 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 Cold War Kids show. I'm definitely going to go to that one. Um, I think that that seeing I'm that, literally unaware of any other show to Merriweather except the Dave Matthews show. <laughs> they've, I mean, they've they got a, basically a full schedule at this point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they have loaded back up. They're ready yeah. to go. And I think seeing things like that, it's going to make it easier for the Ravens to say, yeah, and for the city at that point to be in a place where say we're just going to be hurting Barring ourselves. Anything completely yeah. unforeseen. Yes, unless like, for right, some reason some variant comes sure. along and screws everything up that is not protected by the the, the vaccines. Barring something like that, because the tailgating for a Ravens game is such a big part. Oh, one hundred percent. Like I know plenty it's of people not that the go same for the tailgating. Ex- yep. Don't part go to of the, game. the experience. Yep. Yeah. Right. It's not the same experience if you don't tailgate. I, I completely Correct. agree with that. Uh, if you're going to open up the stadium, you got to open it up for everything. I still think there will be people. The sense that I get is it's going to be a more personal thing. There yes. might be more people that either don't want to go or will go and just say, "I'm not going to share food with everybody." Mm-hmm. Right. And, and listen, and I, I have. I have no issue with any individual taking yep. whatever steps they yep. choose to do what Exercise, they do to feel independent. Right. right. Yes. And, but I think that goes vice versa. I think that goes both ways. And I, and I think we're getting. I, I do. I think we're. I, I. It's a gut. My gut tells me we are largely at that point now. What gut? You've lost so much weight. No, <laughs> stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Uh, that we are largely at the point where, as, as a whole, that's going to be reflected in the policies and in the agreements that are made. I, I genuinely the, – the Orioles news this week I think is really significant because that the last barrier that kind of existed was the city's barrier. Right. And now that the city is on board with the Orioles and as I think everybody realizes at this point, the Orioles and the city work very much lockstep, hand in hand. Um, you know, the, the, I, think, I think people know that the, 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 uh, the owner or the controlling partner of the Orioles' uh, political beliefs tend to line up with um, the leaders of the city. So they are very much working hand-in-hand. The Orioles would not be doing something that the city had an issue with or had a problem with. They are very much working together as partners. And so once that happened, it seemed to set, to me... The there's not going to be there will be no restrictions on what the Ravens are able to do this fall. And it seems as though it's going to be a, you know, a a, a normal, if you will, Mm Now, the new normal. Right? For, yeah. for what you bring up, the Orioles are still saying masks right now, right? Whether that's them or the city that's making that, you know, I don't, I don't know. But you can solve that by a beer and a yes, a pack correct. Of peanuts, that, literally, right? as Kyle explained, <laughs> it, Kyle said the other day, he's like, "Well, I had four beers beforehand, and then I had to okay, get a beer when I got on, to the stadium." Hold on, hold on. And hold I said, on. "I, I said, we mean you had to get a beer." He said, "Because I needed to be able to have my mask down." <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I had four because I, I had to get, I meant to get two, and then to close out to reach the limit that I was trying to reach. 
they gave me two more yeah, beers. Yeah, so they well, had to consume them. He couldn't yes. offer them to someone else. Well, see, that, my rub is a hot dog, so I'm trying to figure out how many hot dogs how <laughs> to many get through the entire through game. Nine innings, right, right, to right. cover the entire <laughs> game. Of how many hot right. dogs is there? By the way, when it's Dollar Dog Day, I can give you that answer. <laughs> I think the real question <laughs> is, is how long can you stretch a hot dog? Right, like. I can stretch a beer longer than I can stretch a hot you dog. You can stretch a water. As I said to you, you can stretch a water, too. You just chose not to. I think we know the truth. You, you chose <laughs> to consume a beer. You can Look, stretch a water over the course of four innings. I think it's fair to point out that when you see the cold cans, how do you not get For one? For God's sake. <laughs> he said this to me. Then he comes in. He's like, well, I had to have two more beers. Or I said, what do you mean you had to yeah. have them? He's like, because of the mask. I said, how? <laughs> <laughs> there are other beverages. You could have gotten a nice soda. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's, where the, drink soda. that's where the mask rule is kind of fine. absurd because literally yes, right. everyone I, knows that everybody's right. not. And I've dealt, I've dealt with this from day one. There is a lot of this and this is I, the problem with having this conversation is because people want to hear what they want to hear. At no world have I've ever said this is a oh, that COVID no. has absolutely been real and I appreciate the fact that we have attempted and to And I understand reports me. that like the Orioles were kind of strict about it at the beginning of the year. Right, that you did have to sort of take it and view it and in then, a bit of a different light when everybody was not able to be vaccinated, and you couldn't assume. That and the you didn't of the want to be there. the place where there was going to be a spread, and then you end up dealing with whatever insurance policy issues that you deal with at that point. And I, I just understand not wanting to be involved with that. But at the same time, it was always kind of a little bit weird that we could go to the grocery store, but we couldn't go to other places. When right. that was pointed out, there, that wasn't a falsity. It was true right. that we had we had created certain things that we said we can do this, but well, we can't do well, the other. Well, especially you, you, you could go to Target, but you can't go to the local retailer. On Main it was Street. there were there you were know, always was, those issues were always real. Right. That didn't mean that everyone was evil that was involved. The conversation was warranted. About let's let's try to figure out how we can do everything safely. I was always in favor of that. Everybody know this is there's a little bit of the libertarian in me that comes out in these these conversations. But it was the pickers of win- winners and picking winners yes, and losers that, and that that was that was always problematic. Right. I always had a problem with that. This is where I probably th- this side of me is is more closer to your side, right? When this is the centrist part of me, where I say. I am more for personal choice and personal. I am more in favor of and those things. I might things. feel differently if it was like an arena, which you know maybe you'll tell me the arenas have the best ventilation and circulation of air right. that well, could well, exist. Well, but like you know, I might yeah, feel differently if yeah. it was. Well, listen, bo- both sides of the aisle have a libertarian streak in them. They just come out different places. Yep, you know, yep, and different issues that are significant. No right. doubt about it. Yep. All right, uh, you gonna hang out? You, when do you need to roll? You tell me when you need to roll. Hang a little longer. You hang a little longer. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have Jeff Schultz from down in Atlanta is going to join us to Looking talk about to Julio that. Jones. Um, and then we'll stick around. Kyle's still going to go in the kitchen. We do that every Friday. He uh, he made, finally I tried. Did the he did the korma this week. So he's going to tell us very about. Very pleased with the results. All right. We'll talk about making korma before the show ends. And, and whenever you got to go, you got to go. But you are you are always welcome here, my friend. <laughs> Delegate Mike Griffin. Can I, can I, uh, people want to know more about you? And, and is there a, a, a place on social media that they should be? Sure. Uh, very large Facebook presence at yep. uh, Delegate Mike Griffith on Facebook, uh, Delegate Mike Griffith on Instagram, which I'm paying more attention to now. And of course, uh, DelegateMikeGriffith.com. And I represent Harford and Cecil County. So it's mostly, it's mostly selfies on Instagram. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> this big selfie stick. Like, hey. Yeah. You know, in, you know, in front of eateries and all this stuff, right? Like, you know, you know. This is the things that you know. These are the subjects that you're aware of. All right. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll come back in and we'll chat with Jeff Schultz from The Athletic about uh, his Julio Jones report that got everybody all worked up yesterday. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. 
Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to Stress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenparkradio.com. Nothing but net. Back in here from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Delegate, uh, Delegate Mike Griffith is with us in the studio this morning. And he just noticed, I have to remind myself sometimes that we are in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. And what the delegate said is he really appreciates 
how much work we put into yeah. the uh, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio sign yeah, the old one. that hangs here in the studio. The old one was at least typed. Yeah, this is literally <laughs> I th- this I just took a piece of cardboard and a, a marker and just wrote Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio on it so that it's in my line of sight whenever I have to remind everybody. You took it from the homeless guys. Correct. <laughs> what studio we're in? But that's where we are. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Delegate Delegate Griffith is sitting in with us this morning. Um, we're gonna uh, talk right now. Of course, I think a lot of you. Got really excited when you saw this report or this this story yesterday. It was more of a column from uh, Jeff Schultz in the Athletic about where the Falcons stand with Julio Jones, and you saw the word Ravens in there. And again, I want to make it clear: if if all you did was sort of skim it or read highlights, Jeff Schultz wasn't saying the Ravens are involved. We I'm reporting that with Julio Jones. It was just there would be logic in them being a team that would be. So let's talk more about that situation. Joining us now is the author of that story. Of course, columnist for The Athletic, based in Atlanta, longtime Atlanta sports writer, Jeff Schultz, with us now on GCR. Jeff, it's uh, Glenn and Kyle and Delegate Mike Griffith here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, as always. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thank you for that balanced perspective you know, leading into me. I'm not really used to that in today's media. Oh, and I, boy, we, we do our best to try to be that show and to just deal in, like, reality and, and fact and not in just right. crazy hypotheticals. And, you know, somebody would tell me I'd be better off if I would just do that. But I, I try to not live in that world as much as possible, Jeff. And, 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 and appreciated. I, and I appreciated your, your column because I think it really did just sort of lay out the entirety of the situation when it comes to Julio right. Jones and the Falcons, which is – the, the, the cap thing really is real. This is not just let's throw out names for the sake of throwing out crazy names in, in trade conversation. This is a real thing that they are really trying to make happen and, and, and might happen at an affordable type of price for whoever's looking to acquire Julio Jones. No, a- absolutely. And look, there, there are some, I, I think a lot of fans here in Atlanta sort of get it, but there are a lot of fans who don't. And that's just, that just stems from fandom, right? I mean, people are like, cut somebody. There's a million things, other things they could do. Just cut three other players. It's like, well, no, there's not a million other things they can do, and they're not going to cut a bunch of other players for a wide receiver who has who know who knows how long left. Um, Julio Jones could still be a very good, productive player. He's not obviously the, the player he was, but he can still be very good for a team that thinks it's close. Um, to contending. I think I also put the Chargers in there. A few people actually did mention the Chargers to me because Julio lives in L.A. a lot, and, mm. and they could use a real iconic kind of player to like that to, to go with their quarterback. To create a and, fan you know, base that otherwise doesn't exa- exist. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> um, and obviously the Ravens fit into the equation, too, of, of you know a team that might think, you know what, a guy like Julio Jones could, could really help us and we have the space. Maybe we can get this done. The only thing I would add, and and there's a little more about that now on on a story um, uh, in the Athletic by Tori McElhane and a couple other correspondents, is I wrote in there that you know the Falcons are basically treaty uh, seeking tra- uh, draft compensation, uh, draft compensation. I I do think it's a little more widespread than that, and they may have to open it up more than that because they're going to need to get more teams involved. And so I could certainly foresee a scenario, and I don't know if the Ravens would fit into this equation because I don't know the roster well enough, where, you know, the Falcons basically need 7 to $8 million in cap space to sign the draft picks, right, as we sit here today. 
And if they moved Julio Jones in a post-June trade, they basically gained $15 million this year in cap space. So that gives them wiggle room to do whatever else they want to do. And theoretically, they could take a player back. Okay. So if there was a team out there that would say, hey, we'd be willing to take Julio Jones, but you're going to have to take some salary off of our roster. And it's a player that, you know, would not be a long-term commitment for the Falcons and a player that Arthur Smith, their new coach, thinks could help them this year. I could see that happening. I mean, ideally, it would be a running back, a wide receiver, a defensive lineman, which probably every team in the league needs, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah. In, in, in short, that's the situation. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Julio Jones for Sammy Watkins, straight up. Let's just get it done. No, I'm, I don't think that's gonna be the deal. That's gonna get it done, unfortunately. <laughs> but I'd be willing to do it if I were the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm gonna tweet that right now. Yeah, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, send put that out in the ether so we can make it happen. Yeah, Jeff. yeah, we'll get this. We'll get this trending again. <laughs> right. um, uh, Jeff, okay, so. It's interesting you bring that up, right? That I, clearly every team would prefer a draft pick compensation. That would be the way that it would go. It, sure. I, I'm befuddled by why teams wouldn't be interested in Julio Jones at a second round draft pick type of price. And I, I get it. I mean, he's not he's not as young as he once was, but it doesn't seem as though he's 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 gone off a cliff. He seems to still be when he's when he's on the field quite a productive player. I'm I, I I get that it's the price. The price is a lot, and especially in a year where the cap didn't go up, it's problematic for a lot of teams. But but the idea that maybe the Falcons might be willing to to take some of the money themselves, I'm 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 blown away by the idea that there wouldn't be a market for Julio Jones at the price of a second round pick. It, it is it is really just pure economics, right? And so again, I think even teams that are that are let's say deep at what wide receiver would say, wait, we can have Julio Jones as our third wide receiver or second wide receiver. Of course we'll take him. That really isn't it. I mean, even if, I mean, Julio only played what nine games last year, I think because of a hamstring issue, he's had, you know, hamstring and foot issues off and on really probably since high school. Um, But I really think it is pure economics. And, and part of it is, is the guaranteed salary of, you know, an economic, there are economic realities in the NFL right now because of, revenues being down um, with lack of attendance last year. And then there's the other side of the economic situation, which is the cap. And it's just really hard. Any team taking Julio would basically have to fit in, forget the ca- the Falcons cap number, the cap hit for the team taking Julio would basically be his, his base salary, which is about $15 million or so. There's not a lot of teams that can take on $15 million right. on their cap. Right. I mean, and so I really think it's, is that simple. It's not, it's not that, I mean, if you just put Julio Jones out there on the, I mean, and there was no trade or anything involved. Yeah. 25 out of 32 teams would, would say, come sign with us, come sign with us, come sign with us, but you could sign him for anything you want, but you're inheriting his contract. And so this isn't fantasy league. This isn't baseball where, which doesn't have a really have a cap. This is the NFL, and, and basically the cap and somewhat the actual salary is really what makes this difficult. So you mentioned before that theoretically they could have the cap available to take a player back. Would that, in theory, post-June 1st, give them the potential cap room to maybe take part of Julio's salary in a trade if that were to happen? So so that's, that's a really good question. I, I don't know that – first of all, I don't think them paying off the salary – hits their cap. I don't have a lot of experience in this area because 
in the NFL, in baseball, we see all the time teams right. pay for parts of salaries all the time. You never really saw that in the NFL for a couple of reasons. One is baseball salaries were guaranteed, NFL salaries were not. Um, I think, and you didn't see a lot of trades in the NFL, period. I think you're starting to see it more in the NFL now um, because more and more uh, NFL agents are demanding, you know, particularly with veteran players, a lot of the, a lot of the salaries guaranteed for at least a certain number of years. And so now I think you're going to start to see more of that. So I'm not sure of the ins and outs uh, of, let's say, a team. Let's say the Ravens say, okay, we'll take Julio Jones, but Falcons, you have to pay five of his $15 million or half of his $15 million, whatever. I don't know what the Falcons' position is on that. Um, I know that there have been two or three people very inside the NFL at the general manager type level, let's just say, who've said we might be interested in, in him, but they're going to have to pay part of the salary. I don't know. I don't think, and I would say think, I don't think that affects the Falcons or either team's cap. I think that's just pure dollars, okay. which is we don't want to take $15 million out of our pocket. So he still counts, hit, he still counts $15 million dollars on the cap, right. Right, right. right. The, caps, the cap hits for both teams are not going to be any different um, other than the fact, other than let's say if the Ravens were to trade a player, then obviously their cap number is minimized. But, um, but the cap hit of taking Julio Jones and the Falcons cap hit of trading Julio Jones I think are fixed. I don't think that changes. Let me go back to what we were talking about a second ago, Jeff. You're, are you at all concerned that there is a cliff coming for Julio Jones? Are you at all concerned? You bring up, you know, that it, a hamstring doesn't seem as concerning to me as a knee, right? Like, right. I, I, it doesn't seem like the type of thing that would totally scare me off. A lot of people bring up, you know, he sort of played hurt for the eternity of his career. Correct. Are you at all? I, I, I look at him. The Ravens, of course, have a history of bringing on guys later on in their career that a lot of people thought had nothing left. And, you know, a few of them, as it turns out, have been highly productive. Steve Smith, of course, stands out in more recent years as a guy that was an even a more advanced age than Julio Jones at this point when they took him on. And they still right. got production out of him. Are you at all right. concerned about a cliff coming for I, Julio I, Jones? I, let, let me answer that. Let me answer it this way. So last year he missed seven games maybe even seven and a half games, really, let's say. And and that was really sort of extraordinary for him. If you go For as much as Julio's hurt, he does play through it. Um, and, and you're right, he's played through, certainly at Alabama, he's played through injuries. He's had foot surgeries once or twice, but he does manage his, his pain very well. He takes, he doesn't practice very much at all, um, and he takes himself out of a lot of plays, um, and they let him, the Falcons have let him do that. So when he's on the field, he's a good player. Um, my concern with Julio would not be so much the falling off the cliff, per se, as you put it, as it would be, I don't know how much longer this guy's going to play. And I, I granted, I've said that for another for the past year or two, but it's kind of things he has said to me in the past at times. And I just think he has other more important things, other things in his life. So now, but if you're asking me if I if I would be concerned for that for one year, I would not be concerned about it for one year. Now I say that again, him coming off a season where he missed half a year, but um, he generally is a guy who, when he's on the team, he's on the team and he plays hard and he's productive. Um, I, I don't see, I don't foresee a scenario where, Oh my God, this guy can't just, he can't play anymore. Um, I think he can play. He's, he's still physically strong. 
He can go up and get the ball. Um, he, but obviously he doesn't have the speed he once did. Um, but unless unless that hammy was worse than worse than the average hammy, I would think he'll be okay in 2021. Um, the other thing I think that's relevant, I've talked to a couple people in Atlanta about this. There are there, there's some receivers that just will not be interested in coming to Baltimore because in Baltimore they're going to run the ball and they're going to run the ball and they're going to run the ball and there's just not going to be as much of an opportunity to put up numbers. The sense that I've gotten, Jeff, is that, that that's not the place where Julio is at this point, where he's right. going to be all that concerned about it, and that the the attempt to win a Super Bowl, you know, we already know Julio Jones is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's got nothing left to prove in that department. It would. It, do you think that he would be up for the 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 difference? I guess the the sea change that would be coming to a Baltimore Ravens offense where they're just not going to throw the ball nearly as much as they did in Atlanta. I think so. I mean, if you're asking me. I think the bigger question is: Does he? Would he want to play in a cold weather city? I think that mm, that to me would be would be the bigger issue then. But I mean, he he certainly played in a running offense at Alabama. Um, yeah, <laughs> and and who and Julio does want to win. I, I do think I do think the the perception that um, uh, he's he's not like your normal diva kind of wide receiver. I think it's mostly well founded. I think some people have. Maybe not 100% convinced about that anymore right now, but but on the whole, he wants to win. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He should have won a Super Bowl a few years ago. We don't have to go over that right now. Um, and so I think if it, he were going to a team um, where he thought he could win a title, I think he would do it. Um, I don't think I don't think the oh they're going to run the ball so much. Um, I don't want to go there. I don't think he's as quite as concerned. I mean, his legacy is he's going to be a Hall of Famer. His legacy is pretty secure. He's past the point where he's really probably can physically put up, you know, X number of yards as he might have been three, four, five years ago. So I don't think the numbers or his total numbers are that big a deal, honestly, anymore. Oh, sorry, Delegate Griffith. Oh, sorry about that. Delegate Griffith <laughs> wanted to hop in for a second. Go ahead, Delegate. No, just a real quick question. So uh, we saw the impact that Anquan Bolden had on Joe Flacco with Joe Flacco being able to throw those uh, 50-50 balls, which right. won us the Super Bowl. What type of impact do you think Julio Jones would have on Lamar Jackson's game on those outside throws, on those 50-50 balls when he's scrambling? Oh, I mean, I look, I mean, he's he'll go up and fight for the ball. And so and and you know, you put a guy like Julio Jones on the field too, it does two things. Number one, it, it sort of gives a quarterback it gets the quarterback excited, obviously, right? It's like, oh my God, I got Julio Jones there, no and, doubt. and you see, and you see what you see the effect putting a guy like that on the field does to a defense. Because even if he is not the quote unquote Julio Jones he used to be a few years ago, he's still Julio Jones. You still have to pay a lot of attention to him, and that opens things up for the other receivers and other elements of your game, including obviously the running game. And so. Um, I think that you put a guy, you just he just walks into the room in the locker room, and he walks on in practice, and and there's going to be an immediate effect, and and um, and they'll learn from each other too. I mean, I think I think you know Julio has always prepared himself pretty well. It's not like he's this is the guy who ever comes to camp out of shape or you know whatever, and he wants to win. And I think I think Calvin Ridley learned. I mean. Julio Jones learned from Roddy White a lot when he came into the league. Calvin Ridley learned from Julio. Um, 
Calvin Ridley learned. Calvin Ridley basically turned into an elite receiver last year, uh, in part because of the mentoring of, of under Julio Jones. So um, I, I, I'm not telling this to sell to sell the, you on the Ravens for him. I'm just saying. Oh, I, you I don't have to. Team, we want him. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, 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 I assure yeah, you, we want him, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think any team getting him is, you know, you're you're having a again. I, I think a pretty certain Hall of Famer walk into the room um, when he gets there. So, oh, hang on, uh, Kyle. You bring delegates, Mike, back up. And you bring an interesting point. Like I look at, you know, I think one of the reasons, and Ravens have not had a lot of success developing the receivers they drafted. I think one of the re- reasons Torrey Smith was so successful, was yeah, because Anquan there mm-hmm. to show him the way. And we have sure. guys that have big upside. Boykin could be real. Rashad like, Bateman, who they just drafted right. this year, would be well. As you bring up about Calvin Ridley, right. that would make a lot of sense to want to have a Julio Jones around Rashad Bateman. Hollywood Brown, obviously, and to have Julio there to show them the way yep. and to really get a return on our investment in these draft picks. But as far as wanting Julio, if I could put in legislation right now, <laughs> uh, I would. <laughs> the, delegate, the delegate's going to try to write up a law to bring Julio Jones to Baltimore. That's great. <laughs> Go for it. Um, uh, Jeff, it's at Jeff Schultz ATL on Twitter where people can give you a follow. And uh, we linked up the, the story uh, in The Athletic. If for some, I, I feel like every Ravens fan found it yesterday, but if for somehow you're the one that missed it, um, you can go check it out there. We've linked it up. Jeff, really appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been fun. Thanks, guys. Take care. Jeff Schultz from The Athletic down in Atlanta. Look, I'm uh, Mike, I'm with you. I want to make that very clear. And I've been on board from – I'm normally the guy, as you know about my style of doing this show, I'm the pragmatic. I'm the, you know, I'll, I'll, when I think something's crazy, I won't entertain it. I'm not going to spend any time on it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not just going to do things for the sake of doing it. I 1,000% believe that this has been a logical thing for the Baltimore Ravens from the first moment that we heard that Julio Jones, this to me screams the thing for the Baltimore Ravens to do. Everything about it seems to fit. Well, I think back to talking about knowing when and where you were as as a, a, a sports fan, as a Ravens fan, right? I remember listening to your show in the afternoon as the rumors were leaking out that we were going to get Anquan. And boom, and then you spent the entire afternoon talking about your time in Arizona and how you got to know him there. See, I remember this. I remember. I'm, t- I'm texting, by the way, the, people don't forget. I was texting with Anquan as the first rumor like came out. Because I didn't know that. Oh, awesome. it was Sorry. I like we the, the when it when I knew it was a fit he knew it was official like he knew it was happening immediately and he was beside himself excited about it because he had developed a relationship with Ray Lewis at the Pro Bowl the previous year and he was really in particular excited about being around Ray Lewis. It was just a very as a lot of guys, let's make that very clear. I can't imagine. Yeah, right. A lot of guys have been very excited about being around Ray Lewis in their life. We remember the famous video of Deion Sanders and Ray Lewis like. When when Deion Sanders showed up for the first day in Owings Mills, they hugged for like 20 minutes straight. They literally mm-hmm. like tackled each other to the floor. Um, there's just that exists, sure. that always existed with Ray Lewis. But that day, I was so – obviously, it was a perfect storm for me because I had known Anquan from Phoenix, and I just thought he was a damn good football player and couldn't believe that he was available at the price that – the Ravens were able to get him for. I'm right. like, really? Like this is. And by the way, Anquan even younger. That we're. T- I mean, at an even younger age. He's 31. I think he was still 29 or 30 at that point, yeah, if I remember right. correctly. And I just remember that afternoon, and I knew where I was. I was when the announcement finally came out. It was in the afternoon. I'm driving down 695, uh, right by, uh, um, whatever. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I'm, trying to the str- I'm trying to remember the street. Uh, but but uh, uh, um, 
it was just a huge moment. I knew what that meant for us. I knew what it turned into. And frankly, with Anquan, if he's in our team in 2014, I mean, yeah, we probably I, win that Super Bowl. I, I'm not. I don't. I would not disagree with that. I, I think with the, the oh, whole, what a fit he would have been in a Gary Kubiak offense. Jesus Christ! With, with the falling out and some of the, the things that happened following 2012. Yeah, all the moves that happened happened. That is the one. Oh, of course. Oh, I, I think mean, that's the look, one mistake. I, I don't even like talking about yeah. it anymore, Mike, because it's it's just it's the worst thing that this uh, this organization ever did. Now that being said, football <laughs> yes, football wise, yes. sorry, yeah, football yeah, wise, yeah, it's yeah, the worst yeah, thing yeah, this organization yeah, ever did. Yeah. Um, that being said, I it was also unique to the quarterback, and that's part of this that makes it so intriguing to me with Julio Jones is the bit. If you want to be fair in your criticism of Lamar Jackson, not just. The, the guy that says things for the sake of saying things. The idiots, oh, he's just a running back. That's, none, that's insane. But if you want to be fair in critiquing Lamar Jackson, what you'll say is it's still not a strong... He proven he can throw consistently outs- outside the outside numbers. Outside the numbers. Yeah. That's, the, that's the one particularly fair thing that you can right. say. It's not that he can't throw outside the numbers. That's not fair. Right. He can. Right. But what's fair is to say he is still not – and by the way, it's difficult to do. Let's be fair about that, right? It's a, it's not – not everybody is blessed with the ability to be able to throw the ball particularly He's well a much better throw out to the numbers than other people are running at quarterback. 100% right. accurate. Right, but but and look at the – I mean, there's a lot of comparisons you can draw here, right? Like one of Joe Flacco's big successes throwing deep is he would throw so high mm-hmm. that the only person who could locate the ball was receiver. And how many PIs sure. developed from that? You know what I mean? So that's one piece of it. But also – like especially with Anquan, he didn't have to have the guy open. Oh no! You right. know, right now yes. I feel like Lamar feels like the guy has to be open for him. Sometimes to it to feels it. like but the I guy is open. He's still afraid to throw the. To guy. be well, fair, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's One right. thing that he has to demonstrate still is that he's comfortable throwing when a guy isn't open. And Correct. Part of that is a criticism we've had of the receivers he's throwing to, and that that argument can still exist. That well, how can you be so confident in the guys if? The guys you're throwing to aren't necessarily the ones that would be going to make the play, right? That's right. And Andrews is close sure. to being that guy. But you give him, you know, a Julio Jones where he's like – There's no excuses He's that like, meh, and just right. chucks it, you know, 50-50 ball. I, I'm at, at worst, it's not getting picked off. By the way, I have no idea why the Falcons would be interested in acquiring Sammy Watkins, but I'm vi- I have I- – but I'll never need to see Sammy Watkins wear this color if you if you could throw if that's the no, difference. Listen, if they really need you, a wide receiver, you, you got Julio drawing two people. You got Hollywood and Watkins blowing the top off. You know, I think in this got, scenario you he would be saying, can, "Oh, I'm I'm saying if 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 I'm if they if the Falcons to make a trade happen needed a wide receiver, they said we just need in order to put a team together this season, we need a wide receiver." Um, you only have one year on Sammy Watkins. You know, it, it takes of it I mean, takes you wouldn't, you wouldn't. it takes five million back from you know like it, here's the trade off. Like we didn't we need to get rid of fifteen million. What we'll really be able to do is get rid of ten million by giving you Julio and taking Sammy Watkins. The five million dollars gets you under the cap for Julio Jones. I, in a heartbeat. In but a heartbeat. If, if that was the deal. Yes. But I, you know, I don't think that. Sam Watkins they, isn't a one. No. Maybe no, not even no, a two. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think. But, but they don't need a one in Atlanta. They've got their one. Calvin Ridley's their I'm one. I'm saying for us. Right. Like, no, I think uh, he like, can still be a useful piece. Yes. I'm, Super. I'm, I am, as I said, I'm good with Sammy Watkins, but the further down the depth chart he is, the better for the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. It's a good thing if Sammy Watkins is your fourth wide receiver. It's I, an unbelievably good thing. That's exactly right. If he's your fourth wide receiver. So I, I, don't, I don't. This is going to be kind of the year for me with Lamar. Like you know, obviously full off season and you know time and you're you now know. more. And, no, let's, and, if they and, were to get Julio Jones, the excuses, what you could try to bring up to defend. 
Lamar Jackson, if he were to not progress as a passer and he were still to struggle, you would say, okay, these are real issues with his game, right, that mm-hmm. he needs to figure out. And clearly it's not the personnel he's throwing to yep. that is the problem. Right. And I think it's, you know, for us it's self-evident that, you know, with the running game, having receivers, in the, having a, a Hall of Fame receiver on one side, having somebody who can blow a top off on the other or in the slot, the big guy roaming the middle with 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 Moss Borkin, and then well, it seems <laughs> You know, I I do think we need another tight end. You know what I mean? I think we need one more. I don't know if, if you were to get Julio Jones, the commitment you would have put to the wide receiver position would have been tough to put three tight ends but on I, the field a lot. I yes. thought we felt last year the loss of Hayden Hurst. Oh, no there's doubt. no question you about know? that. No there's doubt. no debate about that. They absolutely. It but they hurt. didn't have the receiver core. Like they didn't compensate right. by, by by flooding the receiver position and saying, "Well, we're not going to have another tight end on the field." That's why we have these receivers that we right. added. That's they right. kind of just kept uh, it as it, it is. Give me. I, I've done a terrible job with reads this morning, so I just got. I got to catch up quick. Me, like, yeah. No, no, I've done an awful job with reads this morning. I, we're talking about winners, so I want to tell everybody that Justin Tucker is is hosting. This event is going to be marvelous at Jerry's Toyota on June 27th. It's Tucker Fest. You can meet Justin Tucker. Your picture autograph package is just $50, and if you do any of these things, you know you're meeting a future Hall of Famer and maybe the greatest kicker in the history of football, and it's only 50 bucks in order to get that done, and you'll have that forever. But What's more important is the event as a whole is free. It's it's a party. It's a festival. We're talking about getting people together again. This is an excuse for you to put on your purple and to get together with other fans and hang out and celebrate and have fun. Cornhole tournament, live music throughout the day. Dave T from Laughing Colors and Joey Harkum, who's awesome. They're going to be playing music throughout the day. Uh, we're going to have a broadcast. The Dunk Tank to raise money for the Brigance Brigade, which is an amazing thing that, that we all want to support. Uh, Jeremy Kahn has said he's going to get in the dunk tank, so if you want to dunk Jeremy Kahn, you'll have the chance to do that and also raise some money from the Brigance, for the Brigance Brigade. Uh, uh, food trucks, the whole it's just going to be an amazing day, June 27th, for Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota. Go to Great Eights Memorabilia. That's the number eight, greateightsmemorabilia.com right now in order to get your tickets for Tucker Fest coming up. June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Find out about some of the other events that uh, Great Eights has coming up, but we want to make sure that's the one. That's a that's going to be such an awesome day at Jerry's Toyota. Uh, Delegate, I, I will not – I'm going to continue to say what I'm going to continue to say. I don't – I will still be surprised if the Ravens end up being the team. I will still end up being surprised by that being the case. Well, let's we'll talk about but, that for a second. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Like, so when, you know, a mistake that teams make a lot, they fire a head coach. Right, it's like, well, who do you have backup? All right, so if we don't get them, who does? Well, the Chargers, maybe. I mean, the Raiders have been connected the to them a lot. Are the the ones Titans that make seem a lot to be the team sense, that would yeah. make them. Yeah, I say the most. The team sense. that would probably go and vault them, like vault themselves to a new tier. The most would be the Titans. The Ravens and the Titans, I think, are the two. So, so you would say, Hulu, like, who do you these, choose, though? If you're it's Hulu, not about him choosing, though, right? It's well, he, a trade. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, but he, they're not. Yeah, correct. They're not going to do something that he doesn't want them. Like, they're not just going to say, you know, he's earned that sort of power right. to be able to say, you're not just going to send me somewhere that I have no interest in going. He'd be okay with and either, if, and if all right? things, And if all things are equal, right? If all things are equal, where does he choose? Well, it's interesting that Jeff brings up that, like, the warm weather could be an issue. Sure. That, you know, like, as much as we say that winning is the priority, he might say, well, I think that Tennessee's not that far off. You know, and apparently the warm weather thing is just a thing for him. He is been in Atlanta. He apparently lives in L.A. He was at um, Alabama. He has spent his life in warm weather climates. Let's even talk about that. How many 
home games in Baltimore already playing cold weather. Oh, I mean, a handful. I mean, obviously At anything in the four. Right. And then right. The, the road games, it's it's a complete Correct. You yeah, know, crap shoot. So it's really. A lot of them. It's, 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 it's outdoor it's, football in the NFC, AFC North. You are absolutely in the elements. And, sure. Right. You know, dome. It's different than a dome in Atlanta or. Uh, right. The, the heat in Alabama, that's for sure. No, I mean, right. look, and I'm not trying to say that it should be the difference, but it just it's an interesting point that he brings up sure, where he says, I, I think Julio Jones would absolutely be on board with, with coming to Baltimore despite the fact they're not going to throw the ball as much. And I've had everybody connected to the Falcons that I've talked to has agreed to him that point. They have said where some receivers, we, we saw it this offseason, just had no interest in being in Baltimore because it's about they need to put up numbers because they want to get another contract. Julio Jones is not is, – there is no concern about another contract with Julio Jones. A decline in numbers is not something that's going to be an issue for Julio Jones. We know Julio Jones is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Everything, that, that's over. There's one thing that matters. And so that part of it, not a factor. Interesting he brings up, hey, when I know a Julio, he's a warm weather guy. He likes being in warm weather. And to your point, if he's he If it's between own- Baltimore and Detroit, or like Baltimore and was a terrible warm weather team, you know? I don't a know even who. Terrible warm Houston. weather Baltimore team. Baltimore and Houston. Houston yes. Houston yes. Let's go trade for Julio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, Miami's on the come yeah. right now. They probably don't need another wide receiver right Jacksonville now. Jacksonville or Houston. But, they were calling. And but, then he had to choose between a winning team and. Right. And a, a warm weather team, team that's no yeah. good. Yes. But, but, but again, let's take warm weather out of it. Because what's most important was championship. Sure. He, he can handle course. a little cold weather to win a Super Bowl, right? I would like to think. Like, is it Lamar Jackson or is it Ryan Tannehill? I'm, I'm, I, I mean, look, I, one of them, you're going to probably get more targets. And it's yeah. not the Ravens. Right. So, like, I don't know. I don't – I mean, Tennessee has got to be a pretty uh, – it's much more – he might have played with Derrick Henry, did he? Uh, no, Maybe he would have been before overlap. Derrick Henry. But, but, like, if the idea that the Alabama argument fits more with Tennessee than I think it does with Baltimore. Uh, Ozzie Newsome. You know yeah, what I mean? I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's a relationship. Right. I don't know. Stylistically – what the offenses do, right? Alabama oh, is a okay. heavy play yeah. action, sure. and sure. you know they have a bruising. But he's run. been, but he's been gone from Alabama no, yeah. for a long yeah. time. I don't no, know no. if that's something that's important. To him. I'm Look, just I, I, I will just keep saying, I will still be surprised. I at love this all point. these ancillary little like yeah, right. side, side, you know. It's I know. The, well, it's <laughs> fascinating. You can't help but be fascinated by it. It's, it's seems so logical. It seems like such a logical thing for the Baltimore Ravens and, to do. And obviously, with so many major sports stories going on right now. Sarcastically, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're into golf, I mean, if you're into, I mean, it's you know, it's a bummer of a time because the big, the big things that are happening are the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. When we just, right. there's no touch here. You know what I mean? Like they just, they don't play here. Um, and the the PGA, the PGA championship, I, it's just not my world. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, there are people that today, I have no doubt. We'll do nothing but watch golf all day, and I'm just not one of them. I get most excited I, by minor league stat lines these days. Yeah, that's what I'm into, right, <laughs> is what's going on with Adley Rutschman. That's what's got me excited at the moment. That's hey, about Going to the Ironbirds game this weekend, I'm excited about I that. I think uh, so. Grayson's pitching tonight. For the Ironman. Ooh. Yeah. Are you going tonight? Not tonight. Oh, man. Oh, risk yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, Sun, I imagine you got, the real, you got the pull up there that you could just go whenever you want. Sunday. So. No, I mean, I... Buy tickets. I mean, I used to work there, as you know. I do know that. So, I believe, I believe we, we, we had some great times. One thousand percent. Very aware when we used to do the Ripken World Series. That's man. right. What a time those were. That was a good time. Oh, I love those days. And we actually did this thing. Yeah, we would. World Series we would just sit. I would. I would go. I would go call the game. My, Mike would, in fact, invite my wife to come up and sit in the suite. Uh, during during <laughs> the living. like they they had a suite in the hotel that overlooked oh, the field. Molly Shannon and Talladega Nights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the vibrations. Yeah, 
Um, she, he would invite my wife to come up and sit in the suite, and then afterwards I would come up and join them after the game was over, and and we would tell a tale and have a beverage, and that that was that was living, man. It Summertime was, it, in the living's easy. It, as you it might was say. a good time, you know. It was and, a great time, you know. Not bad, not a bad scenery to have yeah, look right? out on that ballpark. No, and, and, and that was so much fun. I mean, you know, the folks at Ripken and the Ironbirds are man. unbelievable yeah, correct. people. And, correct. You know, gave me a great opportunity. I was a head of uh, business development there, so I was you know the sponsorship sales guy and. Just never, know. never sucked. Never sucked to be able to hang around. It was never a bad day there. Yeah, I right. enjoyed it, you know. Right. All right. Um, we got to take a one, another break here. Um, we're going to go in the kitchen with Kyle. Are you Are you still here? What You, t- you tell me what you got to do. <laughs> you tell me what you... Oh, I, I want to give you a formal goodbye if you got to leave. I don't want you to just disappear. Well, what time do you go to? Uh, we'll go probably a little bit past 12 today. We'll go to probably like 12, 15. You know, like I, I started ones. strong. I might as well finish with this. <laughs> All right. I'm in. I'm All in. right. Let's do it. Uh, we'll come back in. We'll go in the kitchen with Kyle. That's next. Today's show also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed it, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein had a great conversation with Towson Women's Hoops coach Diane Richardson this week. And Stan and Ross Grimsley caught up with the great Boog Pal. Both chats available. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab. You can find them there or at PressBoxOnline.com. All of Stan's shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. We're going in the kitchen next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their silver anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip the devil's backbone brewing company free wings or lots of other great prizes enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary the 25th anniversary menu is available through june 20th come in for great food good sports and family fun for more than 100 years chesapeake employers insurance has been helping maryland businesses keep their workers safe with competitive pricing and an AM Best A minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit ceiwc.com. 
Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Glenn Clark Radio. We're having a, a deep conversation off the air, and of course we're coming back on the air right now. It's not an on-air conversation. It's about my cooking, all yeah, right? Yeah, right. We'll save it. We'll f- save it for the next time we're Which on. Which is still up for the debate, so. My yeah, cooking? Yeah, right. We'll yes. find out. <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been, there have been hits and misses here. I'm not there so sure. What are, you, what are the critics? Where's your hat, by the way? That's out there, I guess. I gotta get what the hell are you doing, man? Easy. We're Take kind of going in the kitchen. You're supposed to put your chef's hat on. I thought you ran a professional shop here. Yeah, right? What are we, what exactly are we, we got a guest party, today. What are you doing? Hey, uh, today's show is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary, and you get the gifts, which is kind of nice. You get an amazing menu, including the smoky thigh wings. Oh, they are so good. Plus the zucchini fries, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, and more. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to find out more. Um, So Mike... Is was it you is, criticizing my bread? Was that what that was? What somebody said I toasted it too much. Oh no, that was I, I don't know who that was. Mike is uh, a man. Uh, he know, he comes out every year for the pig roast, and Mike mm. is a man who knows his way around meats. Sure, sure, uh, very much so. He's a meat man. True. He, uh, in, in all sorts of preparations. I respect that. I'm in, a, I made him in a in a pinch. I had forgotten one year that I had some ribs. I was like, oh, crap, I forgot I had these ribs and I wanted to do something with them. And Mike was like, I'll figure something out. I'll figure something sure. out with these ribs that you have. We'll make it work Love somehow, it. some way. We'll throw them in the smoker. We'll get it figured out. By the way, my smoker is still missing. I don't know how a smoker goes missing. I'm certain that it means that someone stole it. I don't know who comes to my house and steals my smoker. Go F Who throws a shoe. Yeah, nice. right? Who throws a shoe? Real <laughs> problematic for me. Um, but, Mike, you're a meat man. Yes. You're going to see a picture of what Kyle did here. This is not a smoked meat or a grilled meat or a... What are you a... talking about here? What? What do you think I cooked? The korma. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... Would you let me finish the statement? I will. Jesus Christ. My God. What just happened? Calmer than he is. You're going to see a picture of Kyle's food that he prepared, mm. right? And I'm going to ask, as he describes it, I'm going to ask you to judge how you think he did. 
Well, okay. do we have an opportunity to taste said corn? Unfortunately, corn no. He did not it's bring any this for the how, class. I mean, it's, it's not exactly. I would, I I would prefer it, it that way, obviously. I can't it prepare would be, it fresh, right? Like, I'm not yeah, we're doing a show. To, it's very difficult. To, but you could, you could do something. By the way, you think they're preparing everything fresh in all the cooking shows? You think that's the case everywhere? I think not. Well, this is I think different. not. Look, all right, for what it's worth, we don't exactly have a staff of people who are like, whatever. All right. S- settle down. Regardless. Settle down. <laughs> now, <laughs> Kyle, every week, we, you got to, by the way, you got to, do you have the open ready? You, yeah. you forgot we, about are that are last we, week. You, I'm, you, I will give it a sponsor, yeah. and then you hit, well, you know what, hit the open first, and then I'll give the sponsor. It's time for Kyle in the Kitchen. Kyle in the Kitchen is taped in front of a live studio audience. I love hearing his voice. Just makes me very happy. Uh, Kyle in the Kitchen is brought to you this week by uh, Window Nation, is who brings you Kyle in the Kitchen. Of course, Window Nation has a great deal for you right now. 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. So... This week, it was something I talked about last week, and I scratched it because somebody complained or somebody I felt like people were going to complain, but I said, F it. No, it was just you. It had nothing to do with I said, else. F it. I'm doing it. I'm making this korma, this, this chicken korma. Now, chicken korma, for those unfamiliar, is an Indian dish. It is a cashew-based sauce, so it's a creamy, uh, nice, delicious, nutty Glenn likes nutty. I do enjoy nutty. Uh, and it is, you know, you can get it spicy as you like it, the way you would at an Indian restaurant. But it's my go-to when I go and get Indian food. Like I, I think people, people know I'm a big Indian food guy. It's delicious. Love when Stan the Fan said he, said he hated it, I lost a lot of respect. I don't for Stan know the how. Fan. I, by the way, people that don't, um, I've, I'm not going to give their name because they're not a sponsor, but there is an Indian place up by us now, which is, what a world changer where we live. And it is I know, I know the one. I've not had a chance to make it there. Dude. I know what you're talking about, but I hear. Dude. Dude. I, there are a few places that have come into my life that I would recommend higher than I would recommend this place. So I got to make, make that a that priority because I've heard well, they've if, done a great job there. If you would there. like to do a couple's date, yes. we would 1,000%. Done. My wife, I'm terrified of Indian food. I brought her there. She's totally on board. So, done. Indian food. Delicious, yes. right? They know how to manipulate flavor better than I think that, maybe that any culture. It is the story of Indian food. Is is they they understand and respect flavor to the point yes. where literally they put a ton of plate and they want you to combine them on of course, top of it. Of course. And not just flavor, but color. No doubt. Right? It's, it's beautiful. Yes. Oh. Very appealing. So yep. this is a good backstory for my initial experience with the base of this dish, right? I love korma. I love Indian food. And I shop at a local grocery store that has their, like, I don't understand, Aldi, right? I go to Aldi. They have their own korma sauce. So I was like, one day I said, sure, I'll give it a try. What's what's to lose, right? Made my rice horribly that time. Made it really bad. So that didn't make a good start for that first time. Used the korma sauce, mixed in the chicken, all that good stuff. Tried it. Just bland. It was simply bland. It was something, if I ordered it at a restaurant, I would look at, I would be like, excuse me, is, is this what you think korma is? And they would say, yes, sorry. And so I said, I don't know if I could do this again. I'm not sure I trust it. But then I... I've learned recently the benefits of coconut milk, and I'm learning to manipulate love, coconut I do, milk. I do love coconut milk mm-hmm. for flavor, mm-hmm. particularly for sauces. Yep. So, what you're doing here, and this is a multi-pronged. I've got, I've got lots of sauces, by the way. All, don't forget all the that. sauces. All sorts of sauces. A multi-pronged thing. You got a couple things at work. You got your chicken. You've got your korma sauce that you're going to be adding to your pre-korma sauce. 
And then you've got your rice. So the sexy rice is one of the components. You do love that sexy rice. Mentioned the sexy rice. You got that on one hand. The chicken, we're talking skinless, boneless chicken thighs. I'm a thigh man. I'm a thigh man myself. I think that white meat is often popular. You're knocking me out with those American thighs, if you will. You know, I'm a thigh. I guess technically those are Indian thighs, but so you know, you want to chunk it. You want to cut it into chunks. And I like to get a plastic bag, throw some seasoning in the bottom, maybe some curry powder. I don't know exactly what I did. I did curry powder. I did chili powder. I did garlic powder. I did salt and pepper. And I mixed in some olive oil to turn it into a nice marinade. Threw the chicken chunks in there, mixed it all up, got it all nice and mixed, and threw that in the fridge for a couple hours, let it soak in. And then when the hours have passed, I come back in the kitchen, heat up the cast iron, of course. Put some hot oil. I didn't even need to oil because I used olive oil for the chicken. So I just once it was hot enough, I just dumped the contents of the bag into the cast iron, browned the chicken. We're browning the chicken, getting a nice color on the exterior, and then you're going to pull it from the pan, right? Once it's nice and browned, you're okay. going to pull it from the pan, put it on a plate, rest okay. it on the side. Okay. And now here's where the coconut milk comes in. I think it was probably close to a half a cup, maybe a cup, depending on how much sauce you want, right? You're pouring it into your cast iron. And you're going to use your little scraper to get all the bits of chicken and all the good taste and stuff yeah, off the, the stuff bottom of your that's pan. That's very important. Even with the rice, too. It's no very doubt. important. And you're going to get that mixed into the coconut milk. And then I added some chili sauce, some nice chili sauce. And then I added as well with the chili sauce. It was probably about a teaspoon to a half a tablespoon of chili sauce. Okay. And with as well... Is that is that the only spice that you? No, no, no. Okay. Can I just All say right. you're killing me right now because I just got back on keto this week, which, <laughs> which works me really well. <laughs> You're killing me. I'm sorry. Killing me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I added in. I have a curry hot sauce. Now I haven't used it yet, but if I had a time to use it, it was now. Oh yeah, sure. Of now course. is the time. Yeah. So I because my girlfriend had sauce. subscribed me to a hot sauce. But is it wait wait service. is it a curry flavored hot sauce yes. or okay all right it is a, all right all right it's not like it's it's not like specifically meant for a curry. Okay, that's what it I was trying to figure out. It is a curry yes. forward hot sauce. Would seem to go very well with rice. And this. Yes, yes. Poured it into my coconut milk chili sauce mixture. I would say it was more chili, more than the chili. I like it spicy. I wanted to get it spicy. I didn't make it spicy enough, frankly. Poured some in there, started reducing it. You got to reduce it, baby. You got to get the bubbles going, stir it in, let the sauce darken some, you know? And once it's nice and like you get some good color to it, it's a nice like orangish, reddish color to it. I put my chicken cubes back in there, and then I poured my korma sauce in. So I'm stirring all the sauces together, right? We got my creamy coconut milk sauce base with the chili mm-hmm. and the nice hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Mixing now with this store-bought bland, what was once a bland korma sauce, mm-hmm. combining with my concoction. Stirring it all up. We got the chicken cubes, all that covered. Now you're going to put the top on, reduce it to a little bit of a simmer, like lower the heat a little bit. You don't want it rearing hot. You don't want it to burn chicken. Cover it for nine minutes, ten minutes, you know, nothing crazy. Take it off, turn the heat off. Careful, there's going to be water on top of the top because it like, collects with the condensation and all that, so be careful. Your rice is sitting there. It's already done. You know, you fluff it, put it in the bowl, lap some sauce over. And I got to say, this dish, if I had ordered it from an Indian restaurant, now the rice was not perfect. The rice, I think part of the issue is I don't have long enough grain rice because Indian restaurants use a very long grain rice. So I think part of the issue is I don't have a, that, that down. Yeah, who, I mean, who does? Right. right. So regardless, though, I would say this was a delicious Indian meal. and I it certainly looks delicious. And I, I would absolutely make it again in a heartbeat. So I have a couple of thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple of thoughts. 
Um, what I do appreciate is that you and and I think when you, when you talk about how much sauce, in looking at this picture, yeah, there does seem to be enough sauce. The truth is that you want when you get past the chicken, you still want the rice Absolutely. to be really well sauced. I like it really sauced. Exactly right. You want when you have a dish like this, you don't want to see too many white kernels, if it, any. You don't want to have any bites that are just rice. Mm-hmm. Because the point of the dish is the flavor of the korma. The, 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 that's, that's, that's what you're doing here. You're not eating rice because you just want to sit around and eat rice on a Saturday. You want to have – it's why, by the way, with Indian food, I genuinely love polenta that goes along okay. with a, an Indian dish. Because it's, it's the introduction of even one more flavor. Sure. But plain white rice is going to give you – even your sexy rice is not going to give you, you know, a particular – you're not there for just the bite of rice. No, so no, you no. want to have an amount of sauce – that's going to well cover the rice so that once you get past the chicken, there's still a, a, a good amount of, Agreed. of sauce. I'd rather have more sauce than less sauce. i got to be honest. You know what would have done better than that picture? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, next little, time. Yeah, right. Next time. A little bit of that. A little I bit of that. Um, I have a couple of questions. Sure. One being, you said you still don't think it was spicy enough. It was not. Now, I don't know whether this is a cayenne issue. Perhaps I didn't mix any cayenne seasoning into this. I thought maybe mm-hmm. the chili powder would give it a little bit of a kick. I didn't quite know... The level of spice that we were operating on on the hot sauce. So, full disclosure, I cooked this on, I think, Monday. Mm-hmm. So, that's why the left you know, it would have been not as good. Right. But I do intermittent fasting. And so, when I was cooking it, I couldn't taste it. Ah. So, ah, that was a bit of an issue for me ah, as far yeah, as the spice level. The, you could have done the dab and not blow up the intermittent fasting. Yeah, yeah. Like it's possible, but I was just and like, I, think I, you I was probably close should've. enough. I was close enough. Listen to this guy. Listen I was close enough where I didn't want to just, like, you know. So, ultimately, I think the answer would have been definitely more curry hot sauce. Okay. The chili sauce probably isn't even that spicy to begin with in my gut, mm-hmm. and I probably would have thrown some cayenne into the coconut milk reduction. Cayenne in the coconut but milk. But I will, that does confirm, do not trust a skinny chef, especially those yeah. who are not willing to taste their oh, food. Oh, absolutely. I'm a taster. I'm a taster. I'm Come not on. A, I'm a taster. This is, this this is, is a Monday good. thing. This is a Monday thing. This is, this is for the greater good. This is for science. I agree. Right? I agree. This is a science Look, issue. I'm admitting, I'm admitting the spice deficiency. I'm acknowledging it. I am still telling you my experience and, and, here. And it sounded like you were down on the store-bought sauce. Initially, I was. It the, sounds... the initial sauce was not great. It didn't like you know how you like an Indian dish to be creamy. Yes, right? correct. 100%. The store bought sauce is not. Mm. The coconut milk adds. You saying that it's creaminess. fine just as long as you do the coconut yes. milk. Yes, but with the coconut milk, it's great. With with, with the flavors I've I've instructed here, it was a very there was I some would, depth to it. I, I honestly think this would work with just about any. It could be a tikka masala sauce from there. Mm-hmm. It could be the butter chicken. I think this would. Enhance. God, I want some butter chicken. You know, this would enhance. The chicken tikka marsala? Jesus, dude. I think this would be just the right uh, performance enhancing drug for those sauces. With some garlic naan? Bro. There you go. Uh, Bro. There you go. Oh, my God. By the way, there's nothing. My my wife is very proper, right? Like, she comes from a very proper, like, uh, she's, let me take that back. She's not very proper. That's the salad fork. She likes to pretend she is because she comes from a very proper family, Mm -hmm. right? So... Like, whenever we go to an Italian place, now my family is Italian, right? So we go to an Italian place. I know Clark was Italian. It was Colucci. 
Two generations ago. Really? It That's was. a more fun yes. one. Yes. I, oh, I've yeah. had... You think I haven't talked to my... <laughs> but Kalushi's a great it's name. An amazing yeah, name. Yeah. It's an amazing name. It's an amazing name. Just two generations, and I, uh, too? That's so it, short. It was... Well, I mean, it that was, means your dad's n- grandfather was Kalushi. I believe that's correct. I mean, I'm Griffith. It sounds like you're clearing, Griffith. Like you're clearing yeah. your throat. I, you know I, I, mean? like, I have had this conversation with my cousins. Like and my, like I said, if everyone would agree... Kalushi, man. ...that we're taking it back, we're taking it back. I don't want to be the jerk that said, I'm going to change my my name while the rest of you do not. It's like... I knew a kid in and high school whose real first name was Julius, and he went by his middle name. Well, who would do that? Who would do that? Yeah. Julius is wonderful. So, yes, I'm bothered. So, we're Italian family. We'll go to an Italian place, and like all Italians do, you take your bread, and you dip it in the pasta sauce. Right. That's the way that it works. My wife thinks that's an affront to oh society no. because she's from this very- So, she'd rather have a plate covered in sauce- than have eaten that sauce this, on this, bread. She's a psychopath. This is her. This is why, when when yeah, she says, "Well, that's not what I learned." I'm like, "Well, then you were taught poorly." Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, you're. Has she ever seen The Godfather? Seriously. When Sonny literally walks in, grabs like, bread, dips yeah. it into the entire I, spaghetti I, thing, and we, chows down. We were. We. I'll, I'll say that we went to Chipperelli's for her birthday, and she. We brought the boys with us, and she started to admonish the boys because I told no, them to do it. Right. I said. Yeah. I am putting my foot. You can do what you want to do. That's like she'd probably be like, hey, "These boys are Italian, stop and picking, they are going to learn the way that this stop works." Stop picking at those chicken wings to get that last bit of meat. Yeah, off correct. There, oh know? yeah, she leaves. Oh, <laughs> she definitely does that. Yeah. So when before we went to the, the Indian place for the first time, I literally said to her, "I'm like, this is the way this goes. I, we will bring you here, but you have to understand, it's not just that it's okay for you to take the bread You're and expected. to dip it. It they yeah. would be offended." Yeah. By well, you not doing that. Well, I mean, take in, it to a Moroccan restaurant. Correct. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. a gr- there's a great Moroccan restaurant in D.C. that you know I've had a chance to go to a couple of times, and there are no utensils. No, correct. Yes, one hundred percent in Northwest and Baltimore to Mount Vernon as well. The pita bread or whatever they give you, that yeah. that is your utensil. Correct. It's bread. You are. It is there for you to spongy one thousand. So wouldn't you take her to an Ethiopian place? Yeah, right. And then and then that Moroccan restaurant in D.C. And like we need to break this. We need to break the cycle of you not understanding how this works. And the thing is, you don't eat the entire day. So she is either starve or <laughs> die. Yeah, both yeah <laughs> right, one hundred percent. All right. Uh, so finally, uh, how many how many uh, Ottenheimers out of a hundred? So the for spice the... being my only real criticism here, um, in my control, right? Like the rice, I couldn't have extended the grain of the rice and made it really like an Indian grain rice. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> um, I would give this, frankly. Uh, am I? I think I'm probably a tougher grader than I am. So what's the grading system? Is it by points? Out of 100. Out of of 100. Yes. We decided that out of 10, at least too much of a variant in there. Like, it's just too easy to say, like, it's a 7, right? I'm really on the fringe between B plus A minus. I want to give it a 91. Wow. Wow. But I I don't know if that's an unfair standard because I could, you know, I'm going 89. I'm going 89 because I want to be better than that, you know? Okay. I can be better than that. 89, and you're going to put, we'll put the picture and yeah. we'll put the index card. Multi pronged recipe there radio because on Twitter. Obviously, there's different parts to it. But all things considered, I uh, really enjoyed it. I love that. I love that. We need to have a cook off. We need to have a rib ribs off. Are one thing. No, I see one thing I admit. I, I consider myself to be a meat man too, but I don't, I've never smoked before. Like, I've never. Use the smoker. Like I want to learn. It'll be, it'll be not legal. Ri- not ribs. He's smoking. It'll be legal soon enough. It's I want to. I want to use. <laughs> that a was smoker. that thing I was alluding to earlier. Yeah. That. And and half my job is to not say what's on my mind. I, know, I understand. I think I can make as good of a rack of 
baked baby back ribs as just about anybody. But the smoker, I'm not. Baked? I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I use the wrap them in foil, two fifty for yeah. three hours, you know, and yep. do that whole thing, yep. and broil it afterwards to get the nice caramelization and all that. I, I love it. That's one of my what, probably the thing I'm best at cooking is ribs. I think mm. ribs and chicken wings. Now, frankly, the chicken wings I make mm. are great, but I don't have the confidence in my ability, like as a, as a as to go and put it on a smoker and like say these are them. You know, I mean, I think smoking's a lot easier, and. And cool. I'm not. Just, I'm not going to give cooler. my recipe yeah. on here. So willy nilly. Fair enough. Because uh, I used to be on a team that competed, and Ooh. you know, so I learned those tricks. But uh, I, I, you know, I'd be honored I to feel, learn. I feel under... really, really good about my. Well, my I mean, if the next time you came in, you wanted to bring some ribs, we yeah, wouldn't yeah. be mad at you. I, I just want to make that very clear. We would not be mad at. But that it would was be day before ribs, unless you had an afternoon show, because my ribs take about. We seven might and be half willing hours. to do a special rib yeah, show for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might could. be willing to I'll do it. Or do a remote from the pig roast. Oh, early. A rib. It would have to be early. It would have to be. It would have to be really early. Especially because I don't really drink anymore, Mike. Like this is going to be a show. I'm glad you also moved it to the oh, whenever the day. Well, it's was. always going to be the 19th. Yeah. I don't know why it was up to the 26th. That was a, that was I, a weird I, bit. I, I've been going there for what, like 10 years now, right? Yeah, yeah. I Mike's been, Mike's been Mike has I'm been a vet. significant part of the pig roast over the years. I brought Mike, in, in fact, John, who who by the way is now the star of the pig yes. roast because at some point in the day I become far too capacitated. Yeah, you're often naked to be able point. to. And then John takes over the cooking, ex- and, and, and I'm his assistant. Exactly right, John. I I get everything taken care. of. I prepare the pig. I, I do all the work. It's Gatsby. That's Gatsby, but, correct? No, this That's is uh, this is John R. John R. Um, who who's who's a man of so many talents. I can't so put it in the words. He owned uh, Bad Decisions downtown. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. one of the top bartenders in the country with all these magazines, and one yeah. of my best friends. Okay. And a few years ago, so he's cooking, like, not making yeah. like cocktails. Twenty twelve. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. You know, I brought him with me. Sounds like a good choice. And, 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 and yeah. I did not know. Yeah. I had no clue like who that this was man a was. Good decision, if you but, will. Yeah. And then and, and <laughs> Glenn's like, and you know, and Glenn's like fulling with the pig, and John's like, move aside, and all of a sudden. Unbelievable butchered pig. Yeah, right. You know, and oh then, yeah, and now he's annoyed. I do not have those knife skills. One yeah. year, I was forced to be the one that carved the pig, and it did not. Oh, it no. just was not as ple- it's a, as it's aesthetically daunting, pleasant. Daunting task. Yes, and, correct. And, and 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 he's a Renaissance man. Yeah, he really is. My like, God, I respect, is he a I respect man. that a lot. Yeah, oh. like I don't. There's a guy. We were just at a thing this But I don't think it's very clear. We still prepare. I do all of the preparation. I, I prepare the baste. I prepare the stuffing. Right. I, prepare, I do all of the preparation myself. You right. massage the pig. Correct. Yes. I go out and tell <laughs> it, I love you. I love you. I love all But those John things. shows up and, and then brings it home and, yep, and cuts then I, it up. And, and it allows credit. me to make the rounds. It allows you to be as drunk as you Correct. Are. Exactly right. And then it allows me and John to get the cheek. There you go. Correct. <laughs> Which, Which is great. A phenomenal piece of the savory bit. All right, we have to take one more break. One more break. We'll come back in, and then we'll wrap up the show. My Delegate Mike Griffith is here with us uh, hanging out this morning. Uh, we'll get Kyle in the kitchen up a little bit later on today in the uh, greatest hits. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. The annual MIAA Lacrosse Championships are coming live to Anne Arundel County for the first time ever. The MIAA Lacrosse Championships feature some of the nation's top lacrosse programs as well as the future stars of the game. Join us Tuesday, May 18th and Friday, May 21st at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. Tickets are on sale now. To learn more, go to MIAAChampionships.com. 
Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teef. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis' career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com.
It's a whole different show that we're doing in the breaks. A completely different show that is it's so unrelated to what we've been doing on the air today. It is a wildly different show that's happening during the breaks. Delegate Griffith is with us uh, as we wind down from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Today's show has also been brought to you by... Oh, I'll remind you one more time about Tucker Fest coming up on June 27th. I, this is a day for everyone. Uh, if you are a Baltimore football fan, there is no reason why you wouldn't be here for this day. Put your purple on. Come out. Be around other fans for a change have a great day hanging out if you want to meet get your picture and autograph with justin tucker just you've heard of him justin tucker it's just 50 bucks that's it and again you you've been lived in this world before and by the way part of the reason why it's 50 bucks is because the money is going to the brigance brigade that's what we're doing at tucker fest is we're raising money for the brigance brigade and the incredible work that they're doing in the als community so that's an amazing thing. I'm so in support of that. Big thumbs up to that. But for you guys, it's just an awesome day to come hang out, have fun. Live music all day. Joey Harcum, Dave Teef, Dunk Tank, Cornhole Tournament, food trucks, the whole deal. And, yeah, Justin Tucker, that guy, is going to be there and be a part of it. Tucker Fest, June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. I, I assume, by the way, we talked about the sports things that were on the docket the last year. It feels like, you know, between those two and Preakness the year before, it feels like the big sports issues to be in front of the legislation have all kind of been handled. I, the The arena is a city issue. It's not really a state issue unless someone else wants to build a uh, an arena. I know years ago there was talk of building an arena in Timonium, but I think most well, everyone... I mean, I think something that's starting to be on the horizon is what's going to happen with the, the Washington football team or... Oh, right. They want a new stadium, obviously. Right. So, right. They, That'll are, be a... You know, I know uh, Prince George County is trying to keep them there. Yeah. You know, like... There's been talk about going back to the district. Or and, even Virginia. Yeah, Northern Virginia, yep. Right. So that's I think that's going to be on the horizon for sure. Um, I, I, that's probably the biggest issue. I think, you know, I've, I don't know... The logistics, but the, the parking situation between the two stadiums, mm. you know, because mm. they share that a lot. Oh, and, and, I, and, and we saw that really play out. Well, and, the, and to the, be clear, at the, the, after the Super Bowl, right? And the lease is with the state; it's not with right. the city. That's that's that is important in pointing out for the stadiums. Right. The lease is with the stadium authority, which is a state, a, a government association. Right. So, as the Orioles, we assume are going to end up in a new long-term lease, and what that means. That might be something that ends up uh, on your guys' plates is upgrades to Camden Yards and, was, and as a sports fan, one th like, you know, I, I didn't care about the. I mean, I cared about the losing, but when the O's stood in the way of us hosting the Thursday night game after the Super Bowl, yeah, it was, it was it was it was a sore issue for a lot of people. There's really no question bitter. about. I was it. looking forward so much to that. Yep, it was. Oh, it was a big. I, I boy, it got me through a few months of radio. Oh, Mike, it got me through months. And I'm never that I, particular topic. You know, so yeah, that's something's always top of my mind. Oh, and, and doing what's best for the the state right. in these pro and I you know, I said it then. The the problem was the way the lease was written is it gave the Orioles the first right of refusal to every date. Every date on the calendar, the Orioles had the first right of refusal. And for the Orioles fans that were mad about well, you know, the Ravens are just trying to be bullies, and the NFL is just trying to bully us out of it. Well, the the Orioles were going to do that. You don't know this. The Orioles if they had won that year, that first playoff series, they were going to force the Baltimore Marathon out. They were going to cancel the Baltimore Marathon. And you might not care about that because it doesn't impact you, but they were going to do the exact same thing because they had the right to. Right. 
they were going to step in and say, oh, you've been planning this marathon and all these people signed up and that's cool. It ain't happening. Sorry. That's a that's not a conjecture. I know that as a fact. Right. The Baltimore Marathon was going to be canceled that year. The Orioles had informed them, if we win this series, there will be no marathon. It, I don't know if that's what's best. I don't know if allowing one entity to control all dates at a complex and the a significant part of the you know downtown infrastructure of our city is good well, for the totality of people. And what's interesting is not as you know as somebody who's a small government guy. Yep. Across the board. Right. That's actually a situation where you need maybe the same authority to have the control. Not, Some more regular. Yeah, right. Because right. the Orioles, and as they should, if you've got, always if going to look got, out for their own if, interests. If you've got the right to do it, why wouldn't you? Right. Correct. I mean, I would, I would probably do the I, same thing. A lot has been made. It's been harmful for having the final four, the lacrosse final four return because uh, it could not be guaranteed that the Orioles would stay away. I, mean, I get it. The Orioles are like, hey, Memorial Day weekend, we want to be home. This right. is a great weekend for getting people to come out to the ballpark. We don't want to just give up Memorial Day weekend. That's That's crazy. And if the Ravens and college NCAA don't know that they can have parking for the Final Four in Baltimore because they don't know that the Orioles will be gone, then they're like, do we really want to commit to being back in Baltimore? If we, we're not even going to have people park in order to come to the games? I, you know, not going to work for us. It's There are issues that need to be addressed within the next lease yep. that the Orioles signed. For there, sure. there are issues that need to be addressed and. Very well could be issues, I guess, that the, that are in front of the legislature in order to try to make that uh, work. It, I, I, I certainly hope not because, I mean... Yes, you would like we, to think that all these parties can get together and come right, to an agreement we, that's beneficial for everyone. You know, I don't think we should be passing legislation for every single right, problem that exists. Exactly right. That, that's, not the, that's not the role of the General Assembly. Yep. But that happens more often than I think it should. Uh, no doubt. And, and yes, Brian, that's, uh, it would be very nice to get the Final Four back. I would like to have... It was a great event that would bring people into the area and... Uh, Brian knows this because he works in a hotel downtown. It was the, the lacrosse final four was a tremendous event for tourism, for bringing people into our area and having them spend money. And while I understand the Orioles want to be at home at Memorial Day weekend because they get good crowds, I get that. I get that. But for the betterment of the area, for businesses in the area, well, it was particularly wonderful to have people traveling in from out of town for Memorial Day weekend to well, come to the lacrosse final four. Well, that's right. And we, and you know, and people like me get criticized by certain folks for having a strong opinion about what's going on in Baltimore City right now. But it's not because I try to make political hay or or don't like Baltimore. I love Baltimore City, right? When you're in the Marine Corps and you're overseas and people ask where you're from, you don't say Maryland, you don't say Aberdeen, you say yeah, I'm from Baltimore, Baltimore right? right? Because yep. that's just yep. that's what people identify with. You know what yep. I mean? And it's, and it's your teams and it's you know, oh, and, and, and you identify well, with the 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 economic center. Of I've never from. lived in the city, but I say the same thing. Every right. time I've ever been anywhere, I say right. I'm from Baltimore. Right. Great restaurants, yep. great places, a great history, the 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 fabric of the, the quilt, basically, of all the little tiny mm -hmm. neighborhoods. Yep. I mean, Baltimore is an amazing place. It's going through a very, very difficult time, and anybody who says differently, you know, it just isn't being honest. And it's not going to – and it's going to take a coalition of individuals with a lot of different ideas come together to try to solve those problems. But if you don't – live in a certain area, yeah, your, your, your opinion is dismissed, and I think that's 
a it's, problem. It's, it, it's tough. I mean, I, I get the complications of it. I really do understand the complications of it and the the pushback to we don't need you to tell us how to do our business. Like, I, everybody, we're inherent that way. We are tribal in that way. I don't need somebody else to come in and tell me how to how my house should look. But I get your point. I also, and I brought this every time we've had, you know, the mayor or the mayor, and when we do the mayoral forum, every I right. always have this conversation. Is we need more people coming downtown. Yes. We need more business down. That's that is our it's our storefront, if you will. We need more people. More people downtown is better for the entire entirety of the city because it spreads. Correct. The more people that are coming downtown, the more people that wander over to Federal Hill, the more people that wander over to Canton, the more people that it's this is how you get people in is we need more people coming downtown. And that was obviously Governor Schaefer years ago was the visionary for that and and making 100%, sure. 100%. And, and, and not to get too personal. but like Then Mayor Schaefer. You know, as a kid who grew up as a foster kid, right, who yep. didn't have a dad take me to the games, I was super excited to get an age when I could take my kids down to the games and yada, yada, yada. And now... Right now, I, can I'm, I? I'm not there. I'm not there. I, I, I would still. I comfortably take my kids to games constantly, and I, and I'm, and I'm not. There, there is no fear for me, and, and there is a reality perception versus reality situation that goes there, and that one story creates a, a worse, a worse perception, right? But that doesn't mean that the one story isn't real. That there, are, it's only well, one story, is, or there aren't other so stories. So I'm the judiciary committee, and I deal with all the crime issues. Yep, and so I get. Yeah, there's a lot of the stories. I have I no get, doubt. I right. get yeah, more constantly. than just one yeah. of your yeah, stories. No, I get that. I get that. But it, and it creates a bigger perception problem. And right. it creates, you have to deal with both. Pro- and and that's, I said that very clearly. Either, if it's a perception or a reality problem, both have to be dealt with. Right. So you, I'm you, not I'm not rooting against it, Mayor Scott and these guys. I'm rooting for them, I, guys. Right. I want you to I want you to figure it out and get it right. Right. Whatever the solution is, my idea, your idea, somebody else's idea, left, right. By the way, I, it would also help less. if the baseball team was better. I'm gonna make that very well, clear. Sure. That, that's part of it I'm, too. The I'm, baseball team needs to be better. I'm just saying I'm I'm rooting for these guys. To get it right, because we all yeah, we all I want I want more I want more business coming into the city. Period. Yep, yep. I want more business coming into the city. Yep. It's good for everybody when business comes into the city. Correct. Your 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 it's your state is better when your biggest city is. I mean, I think about the Star Spangled Spectacular. You know what I mean? It was like, wonderful. It like, was an absolutely wonderful. Whenever they brought those damn ships into the city, it has been magical. Magical to bring those ships into the city. Man. Well, I was involved in all that. I did all, Dude, I, it, I, it I, was. When I was with Baltimore Sun, I did all the, I did a lot of advertising for it. Those, so. those were some of the best events that this uh, city has ever had. And when the you bring, won the Super Bowl, and the yeah. in the playoffs. You bring, you bring, I, I don't even know how to explain it, man. You just seeing those ships, like there's something about it, and getting to go on some of them. Like it is just something about those damn ships. When you bring those tall ships into the city, it, uh, it does something for us. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by KNS Automotive right here in Hamden. For over 40 years, KNS has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship, quality customer service, everything from something as simple as an oil change to major body work. They've got you covered. 410-235-6660. Or go to knsimports.com. It's KNS Automotive, knsimports.com. All right, tidbit of the day. Julio Jones has been a topic of discussion, and well, we know he's damn good at football. How good has he been? Well, when you consider the yards per route run in a single season since 2015, on a minimum of 50 targets, Julio Jones has four of the top five best seasons ever recorded. Seems good. Yeah. Uh, most recently, 2018, when he recorded 2.93 yards per target. He holds the record, though, at 3.12 as well. Of course, not really a lot to say that hasn't been said about Julio. Since 2010, no receiver has been more productive in receiving yards, despite 
the fact that he was drafted in 2011. Uh, in since 2000, he has the eighth most receiving yards behind the veritable list of Witten, Gonzalez, Bolden, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Steve Smith, and Larry Fitzgerald. It's good company, yeah. Yeah. He has also the most receiving yards in the NFL since 2014. Doesn't really matter the time span here. He's right yeah. out at the top. 10,000, the only receiver over How about that, that mark. However, the Ravens, according to Fox Bet, are not the favorites by any stretch in order to land his services, of course. The favorite for Julio Jones to play next season is the Falcons. Makes sense. At minus 400. However, the Ravens sit at plus 1,500. Where can I? According <laughs> you want to throw to that. That's why we had uh, the delegate on earlier, so we can try to uh, figure out how to throw a few shekels in on that. There I'm are to to Vegas. Yeah, right. there are eight teams with better odds, okay. according to this source, okay. than the Ravens. Name them. So it's uh, I think the Raiders, Titans. Raiders are at the t- second to top, plus three three three. Titans uh, are plus eleven hundred. Excuse me. I would add. I would add the Browns. No. No, because no, really? they got receivers. But that, I get it. Oh, I, again, who couldn't use Julio Jones? But they're going. I hear you. The Chargers. Plus 750 for the Chargers. Dolphins. No. Really? Yeah, because they, they they've got, But they've got receivers <laughs> now. <laughs> like, I don't, but, I'm not, but I would based, feel the same way, by the way, with them. Is based upon interest or is based upon? It's about all of the tea leaves, you know? It's like, which is a logical fit? Which team might be the type to try and make a move like? You know, all of that. The Seahawks. No. I would say they could still use a receiver. The Broncos, because people still think they're going to go get Aaron Rodgers. But, but he wouldn't go to the, Bron- the like Broncos. He, I mean, I, maybe the Bears? Not the Bears. Really? They brought back Allen Robinson, of course. Oh, the Eagles. Not the Eagles drafted. That makes Smith. Uh, but that's one. I They've got one. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm th- but I'm thinking about teams that... You are missing the guy, the team with the best odds, according to them. What? You are forgetting this team. It's not like you're, they're not. Forgetting They've been mentioned them? often in this discussion. I, but I don't want the answer to this. I'm not going to tell you. Getting them? The team, the Bills, plus two fifty for this team. No, They're, I'm forgetting them. They've been mentioned, but see, I'm cons- I'm considering a team that. See, I'm thinking about a team that's close that could have a real chance. The, sure, win, the like, Rams, not the Rams, the Patriots. They're plus five fifty. They are one of the teams ahead of the Ravens, yeah. but not the ones with the best odds. Patriots, of course. Um, is it? I mean, is it the? Uh, uh, is it they? They're listing the Chiefs just to list them. Nope, not the Chiefs. Something quarterback. I mean, not the Jags. It could be the Jags. Not the Jags. No. The, the the Cowboys because the Cowboys acquire everyone. No. I, much more logical than that. You say that. Oh, much you, more logical. Oh well, I'm trying to think. Not the Cardinals. Not the Cardinals. They are not above the Ravens here. Not the Cardinals because I mean because I'm thinking they could. You're saying much more logical. I'm not. Much more. I don't logical. think I'm going to end up agreeing with that statement. No, not the Steelers. Not the Steelers. Not the Steelers. Not the Steelers. The Colts. Colts are at plus 650, so they are one of the teams ahead of the Ravens, but not the top one. The Packers. Plus 1,400, so just ahead of the Ravens here. I mean, we've named all the teams, basically. Yeah, I mean, point, for the so. first and third best odds. I mean, this is rough, I mean, the third best is one that would surprise me, but the first is not. Are you saying it? Because well, I think about the Lions because they have no receivers. Lions are the third at yeah, plus I mean, just, 450. But again, but they have no quarterbacks. So right. Why would that's, I, so I, I'm not, so I'm I'm not just, saying I'm advocating I'm for the Lions. I'm dismissing the Lions. I'm dismissing. Is you. it the Buccaneers? Houston, it is not the Buccaneers. Dismissing Houston. I'm dismissing New Orleans because of sure, quarterback fair. issues. And cap issues. Right. You know, uh, I don't know. Washington, you know, like, no. The Jets, no. You know, Giants, no. 
right? Like I'm trying to think. I'm working through the teams. Like none. I don't of these think we've. Who? I just say who it is. Not, not the Carolina. Yeah. At plus two fifty, the favorites, according to this source, to land Julio Jones, other than the Falcons. The San Francisco 49ers. No. I, 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 I no. wildly disagree wow. with that Kyle being Shanahan. logical. I think, no. no. Fine, fine. They fine. got Kyle Shanahan. How, how many other it, former uh, Falcons went that, to San Fran and floundered? I don't think that's necessarily the Well, no, saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a step beyond that. But to me, it's them? it's about, it doesn't. Whoever, Lance or. or well, but Garoppolo. that's part of the problem. It, it makes absolutely no. zero sense from it being a team that's close. They're not. They're not. They, they, a lot that, of people thought that, that's they, are. they that, are. No, they're close. not. You have to know that you have a quarterback to be close. Okay. They, they don't were, know that they, they have a quarterback. They made a Super Bowl with the quarterback that they had before. Right, right? I like, understand. And, how to, and they felt so good about him, they decided they needed to go and get a new quarterback. But if you could already make one with that guy, then you have to be close. But that's got to be – The Falcons no. were the year before that. I mean, no. like we're going to do – Look, I I don't I – mean, I'm not the only one. I didn't make these odds. So I understand so that. Let, but let's I, us handicap it right here, right now. Who is our top five most likely to land in order? Oh, I, the Raiders are always being play because they're the Raiders. No, no. Like they're, they're so, one, who's 1, the most 000. likely? I, I actually think the Chargers argument is really strong. The Chargers, they've got the a, Packers, they've got a quarterback. The Packers with Rodgers being so murky probably. No. If, if Rodgers is around, then it makes yeah, sense. If Rodgers was com- committed, it would make, but they've never done it. They've never Titans, been there. The Titans absolutely makes yeah. all the sense in the world. I think Ravens, one. Mm-hmm. Titans, and two. And I could see the Patriots doing it also. I think Patriots, three. But they have a quarterback issue. No, I mean, but they have an Alabama guy. You know, no, but I, 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 like if I'm Julio Jones, I'm just not. I, I have I have no interest in going and joining a rookie quarterback. You're, you're right going now. to go win. Where can Julio Jones in the next two years right. win a Super Bowl? I mean, the Titans and the Ravens seem to be the best choices. Stand out, yes. They 1,000% stand out of this of this group to you me. You know, with everything in place, I think it's 1-2. No, is it fine for the 49ers to be on the list because of Kyle Shanahan? Absolutely. Sure. For them to be the favorites no. because of Kyle Shanahan, that makes no sense I think to me that it's, I think that there are many who believe the 49ers are competitors now, right? And Trey Lance is the X if, factor if for just Trey how Lance good they could be. If ends up being really good, I'll agree with that. They, they, but for a player to make a decision about where you... On a rookie... With yeah. the only thing that's left being, I have to win a Super Bowl, for a player to say, yes, I want to sign up to go play for a team with a rookie quarterback that not everyone was certain was worthy of being the number three pick in the draft. I hear you. I, that makes no sense. Well, talk to Fox about None. It. Doesn't mean that they won't be the ones to land them, obviously. All right, um, Tidbit, also brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com, where they've got the perfect Highlander for you, whether your focus is luxury and comfort or convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or even sporty performance and aggressive styling. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Tubular brought to you by the new print issue of Pressbox. It's available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. John Means on the cover. Read it all right now. Pressboxonline.com. lot going on this weekend. A very, very busy weekend. Orioles Nationals, they are not doing a split booth. The or Because the series is on the road, it'll be Masson 2 for the Orioles broadcast all throughout the weekend. 7 o'clock tonight, Jorge Lopez and Steven Strasburg. Uh, tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Bruce Zimmerman and John Lester. And Sunday at 1 o'clock, Matt Harvey and Patrick Corman. Ask me if I want to talk anything about what happened with the Orioles yesterday. Do you want to talk about the Orioles Nope. Uh, college lacrosse tournament, the quarterfinals this weekend. The two local teams are playing on Sunday. ESPNU for Loyola Duke at noon. Notre Dame, Maryland at 2.30. NCAA softball tournament tonight on ESPN3. Morgan State in Oklahoma for the first time. The Bears in the NCAA softball tournament. Very cool. That's at 8.30. And UMBC's back in the NCAA softball tournament at Arizona at 8.30 tonight as well. 
Of course, the PGA Championship continues. It's on ESPN Plus right now, 1 o'clock on ESPN, and then tomorrow, 10 a.m. on ESPN, and then they move to CBS at 1 o'clock on both Saturday and Sunday. Um, all the NHL, NBA playoffs, find it at glennclarkradio.com. Everything else, find it at glennclarkradio.com. Anything uh, non-sports-wise that particularly stands out? With Finale SNL tomorrow. The, oh, uh, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who I like a lot. Queen's Gambit. The girl from Queen's Gambit. I, I haven't seen that yet. Dude. It's good. So it's good. good. Lil Nas X so is good. the uh, musical guest. host. Uh, yes, I guess that's the word. She's also in, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, Peaky Blinders as well, is Anya Taylor-Joy. I don't watch TV anymore. I just don't watch TV. I mean, I get that. I totally I, understand that. But I'm catch up. I'm, I'm watching Billions right now, which is an excellent I, show. I I I was I caught up a bit during uh, the, uh, the during quarantine. I was able to catch up a little bit on shows that I had not uh, given as much time to. I'm telling Queen's Gambit was as good as everybody said it was. It was uh, really good, man. In treatment, that show feels like it hasn't been on in like a decade. I don't even know HBO, what it is. HBO, like psychiatry show, it was originally with the guy from Usual Suspects as the psychiatrist. Kevin guy. Spacey? No, no, no. The one who was played. Uh, I hope not. No, he was a psychiatrist. Gabriel, yeah, Gabriel, he Gabriel, one. Gabriel Byrne, right? Gabriel Byrne's. Oh, okay, name. Gabriel Byrne. He was the star. Initially. I don't think he is now. I don't. I don't know. It's on HBO okay, again. Okay, say so. Um, Black Monday, new season starts. Uh, nine fifty-five on Showtime. New show called Flatbush Misdemeanors at 10.30. I don't know. Okay. Stuff and things. GlennClarkRadio.com. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. Um, Delegate Griffith, first of all, thank you. Of course. Awesome to have you come in and hang out with us this morning. Uh, We'll do it again with ribs. We'll do that for sure. And um, uh, we will continue. We of course be in touch. You know that we always an open door policy. We don't do. We're not. We don't do political talk. We're not going to do that. There's things that Delegate Griffith and I will will talk about on on our own. We don't do that on this show. I don't think we did place. anything political. We talked about that. we talked about where the politics and sports cross. That's it, was, where... it was more policy than it was yes, correct. Politics. Co- yes, correct. Exactly yes. right. It's exactly there, what there's we did. A difference. No doubt. Oh, I completely agree. And of course, find them on Facebook and and Instagram and uh, and uh, uh, plenty of fish and I don't I don't know where else they find plenty of fish. No, it's a dating, no. it's a dating site. I don't think I don't <laughs> think Mrs. Griffith would like that one too much. <laughs> Um, thanks today to uh, also to Jeff Schultz from The Athletic as well as to uh, Delegate Jason Buckle who gave us all the information we needed to know about the um, the sports gambling law that was signed by the governor that was great stuff appreciate that we'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com it's a long way away yeah Jeremy will join us on Monday we have no idea what else is coming up on Monday we never do I don't know why we even bother doing this part of the pro- part of the program we have no clue what we're doing on Monday's show we'll get there when we get there it'll depend on what happens this weekend yeah. something will happen on the weekend yeah. something to talk exactly about exactly right you know Absolutely. or it that. won't yeah yeah if the or- if the Ravens <laughs> trade for Julio Jones this weekend you know what we're right. talking about on Monday well that won't happen after the first right. so. yeah, yeah unfortunately you're right yeah. about alright thanks thanks for throwing cold water but, on it but you're going to have a great lead up the days up to June 1st. And all June 1st is going to be like, we're watching, we're watching, Come on, come on, come on. Come on. June 5th rolls around. The, uh, uh, the bat around tomorrow morning with Paul and Zach, 10 to noon, same locations, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash radio. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, MIA, Lacrosse, get down to the finals tonight at Navy. That's a great event. Uh, U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at Kay Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go local lacrosse teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.